We're doing a whirlwind trip of on Vancouver Island this weekend. Do you want to talk about it on the air, or do you want to talk about it on the... Uh, okay, we can or... talk about it on the air. All right, then let's, uh, let me know when you want me to go. Let's start this fucking show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Edrick. And he just started with a cuss word before this, and it uh, put me off, by gosh. <laughs> Uh, I'm not for that. I'm for a nice. Uh, you know me. I'm straight edge. You're straight edge. You're Do clean, straight edge care about clean swearing? as a whistle? I don't know if straight edge was about swearing so much. Okay, it was about like pure living. Mm-hmm. It had a certain kind of weird. It had a certain tone to it that was a little off. I felt like okay, like it wasn't quite above board. I think we were uh, back in the day uh, straighter edge than the straight edges. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, we didn't call ourselves that. It was just uh, nerds, just nerds, geeks, uh, yeah, dweebs. Yeah, uh, straight edge, real Nimrod. That's what it is. Because straight edge is also no sex. Is that right? Yeah. So what, 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 by choice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well maybe that not. Yeah. So maybe not. <laughs> you know. So there we go. I mean, I think we still fit the bill. I think we'd still be let into wait, the clubhouse. Wait a second. No, no. Oh, at the time you mean? At the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, are you saying now? Now I'm fine. Like I'm married, no, I'm doing but... a bump right now. I'm doing a, you know, that's uh, the only thing that'll get me through two hours of this. Absolutely. Actually, I had a friend last night. We were uh, uh, discussing our days, and uh, they were saying how. Uh, first of all, I, I explained going to this uh, comic book store uh, that I was uh, worried about because it was it's just stacks of comics. I could barely make my way through. Oh, I, I thought if a, there was. I any... love a shop like that. You know a shop like that? I love a shop like that. Oh, well, this might be for you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking if there was any spark at all, I'm going up. Yeah. I'm wicker manning this well, thing. Uh, and then my friend went, yeah, my neighbor asked if I wanted to do uh, blow and play Nintendo. And I said to them, uh, we had very different nights. Because <laughs> I was with the nerdiest person in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, just the, oh my gosh, it was just, I was making them laugh with jokes about Ms. Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff that they didn't know about just basic life things that I, I connected to, uh, to, to Marvel and DC and Star Wars things. And that was definitely how to explain it to this person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they thought for something like, uh, like the Ms. Marvel show, they went like, oh, I heard that got canceled. It's like, oh no. It was just, you know, it was like eight episodes. Yeah, and then it was canceled, right? No. No, it was always eight episodes. Why? Oh, well, that's just how TV shows... Like, I was like, that's just how TV shows work in this Marvel and DC world. I was like, okay. You don't know a miniseries. So it wasn't familiar with okay, this. Okay, yeah. I had to explain the concepts, and then we... And then I said to I said to them, uh, yeah, but, you know, she's going to be in this new movie, uh, The Marvels. You know, it's got Captain Marvel in it, and, and he went, Monica Rambeau. And like, oh, okay, you know the deep cuts here. And it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's I okay. I apologize. Uh, that's your uh, super nerd alarm, right? <laughs> like when we go too deep, things are getting nerdy. Yeah. And he went, uh, yeah, she used to be called a Photon uh, back when I went, yeah, you're, you're right. But bef- before then, she was Spectrum. And he went, yeah, but before then, she was Captain Marvel. And it's like, yes, that's why, that's the connection. And yeah, blah, 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 blah. Anyway. So while I was having this incredibly nerdy discussion and praying that a stack of comics wouldn't fall on me and kill me, uh, yeah, uh, my friend was being offered uh, some cocaine by their neighbors. Wow, it like, hmm. seems weird. Like, uh, well, I mean, it seems weird to me, like cocaine in, from the like get go. That seems weird, but it seems even weirder in these times of like fentanyl. 
Like mm. why you would be like playing Russian roulette with with cocaine, which is like how lots of people die. Yeah, fentanyl overdoses is from just like going. Oh, I'm going to have some cocaine. I don't think it's. I don't think for for some folks it's like, hey, optional. You know, what do you want to mm. have? Do you want to have some chips or do you want to have some pretzels? <laughs> it's basically. Uh, do you want to have this thing that is all I can think about at the moment and yeah, it's that's... all consuming? And if yeah. I didn't have it, it'd be worse than death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we'll have some of that and play <clears> Nintendo. And then of course I asked my friend, what would be the game you would play on cocaine? And my feeling was Pikmin. And their feeling was Mario Party. And I think Mario Party is probably the, the cocaine What's a game. party? Yeah. This is what you do. I think that's kind of where cocaine Which then transferred inhabits. to a discussion where I went like, the only time I've really seen cocaine was the very first time I did stand-up. I went to Punchlines. And it was a amateur night show. And I went backstage. And in the bathroom that was for comics, there was some mm. cocaine left behind on the toilet tank. Where they so were they, were, they were real amateurs. Exactly. Well, my thing on that was just, was like one one. It is weird. So it's probably they had a set and had to run. Yeah. Didn't have time. And two, I was like, how can you afford cocaine? <laughs> and 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 then I thought, ah, because they're amateurs because they haven't become fully committed to yeah. this. They probably still have jobs and they can afford uh, blow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, well. So I guess this part was real. Interesting. All right. <laughs> no thanks for me. I'll be playing the Miss Pac-Man game that I'm surprised to see is backstage. Hooray! Waka, yeah. Miss Pac-Man's waka, more waka, of an waka, waka, more of an angel waka. dust game. Mm-hmm. Well, she's more it's of a pill popper. Not more I think. of a cocaine. Oh, more of a pill popper. You think? I would say. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. I just thought that you know she's just tripping, tripping balls, and just eating whatever comes in her path. But you could be right. Maybe it's just like a whole thing about like maybe it's like dexedrin, like okay, diet diet drugs. Oh, is she worried about her figure? She's worried about her figure. She's pretty round. She is, she is rotund, but then so is her husband. Though it's, it matters less for the man back then, I would say. Sure. Even Donkey Kong had a little bit of Even a belly now. on him. I mean, Mario had a belly on him, too. Like, I don't know what's going on uh, with, with my... With Pac-Man? No, with my YouTube algorithm, but I keep getting these, like, YouTube ads of this woman telling me what women want. Oh, what do they want? Uh, what they want from men. Okay, well, I'm 23 years into a relationship. Sure. So hit me with what uh, what my wife wanted. They, they don't want money. They don't want looks. I'll tell you. They don't, don't want, want money. Don't want fame. Don't need a credit card to ride this train. I don't know what that means. They don't, it's uh, the power of love. Okay. Power of love. Shrug. with Lewis on the news. Okay. Back to the future. Big, big shrug. It, you've seen Back to the Future. I've seen Back to the Future, but okay. I don't remember that song. All right. Well, you've heard it. You live in the. You live on Earth. You've walked through a mall. You've heard. The, no, don't shrug that you've never heard this song. I don't know. No it. nonsense talk. You said that you've, about that that Christmas song too. Yes, because you've walked through a mall, so you've you, heard it. You don't know how my brain works. Mm, well, maybe you haven't been listening, but you have heard it. It's been. Around. Yeah, yeah. It's been. I'm sure it's been around me, but you know. Yeah, it's, it's like if you said to me, "I've the, never met a Greek person." And it's like, I can't prove that you haven't, <laughs> but you have. You mean a Greek-speaking person or just a person of Greek descent? You know what? Either. Okay. Pick both. <laughs> I've never been to Greece. Yeah, that's not where they all live. <laughs> so, um... I mean, that's where most live. Yeah. You're correct in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have heard Last Christmas, and yeah. yes, you have heard The Power of Love. By Huey Lewis. I've heard news. it now. I've heard Last Christmas now, like, consciously heard it. Good. You're right. I may have unconsciously, it may have been happening yes, you have. near me and 100%. I wasn't paying attention. No, for but... sure. There's no way you've, yeah, yeah. you've avoided it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But sorry, please continue anyway. with your, your statement. So, yeah. You hate uh, Greek people. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, don't, don't need money. Don't looks, all that stuff. What they're looking for is confidence. To which I went, oh shit, I'm out. I'm done. 
It's me out. Of, no wonder it didn't work for me. All are, those you, years. are you sure that you're out then? I'm not confident. Oh, damn it. Because you see, that would have been the trick. <laughs> That's the flip. <laughs> we have this discussion, um, my, my wife and I, of, uh, my wife of a certain amount of years, yeah. let's say 15 years almost, 14, probably 14. Um, you're my best man. Help me. Um, <laughs> yeah. What well, we've that? been together for 23 years. Okay. Uh, don't judge me on my age. Anyway, we were watching uh, the, the news today because she's an editorial cartoonist, so we have to. Mm-hmm. And it was all ads uh, for, oh, don't break a hip. Oh, <laughs> things are rough. It, it was that hey, time buddy. of day. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of day. And then we were like kind of breaking down, what's the time of day of, oh, don't have much testosterone, huh? Mm. Hey, things are bad. Hey, were you, uh, were, did you have bad surgery and you want to sue someone? It's like, it's all bad shit. Yeah. Like, you know, but it, it really does show like what age they think you are. And I was kind of getting to like, I just want to like watch TV in the time where they're trying to sell me a car. Like, okay. just try to sell me a car, and that's that prime sell you a car. I or think like, that's like a hockey game time. That could be. Yeah, there's and a lot of truck it commercials. Goes along, anyway. Then it's like, hey, you want to eat some food? How about a burger? How about a nice burger for you? <laughs> That'd be good, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's good. But they're not telling you, you know, you you hear about Henry? What? <laughs> Died without life insurance. Oh, his eating poor, a burger. Eating a burger. He choked on a burger. Oh, do you think his wife murdered him? What? No, no. Forget about that. But that life insurance thing's real rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And his wife was left with nothing. We have life insurance, don't we? I'll give you a policy for only a penny uh, a mm. minute. Oh. Uh, well, I can afford a penny a minute, I suppose. That's right. And so on and so forth. <laughs> if you can afford a cup of coffee a minute, you can afford a penny a minute. Yeah. I, I don't like to watch the uh, mortality uh, commercials where it's like, you're going to die. Mm. You're going to die soon. Okay. Better watch out. <laughs> better prepare. It's all actuarial. Yeah. Tables. You better have enough money to let your uh, loved ones bury mm. you. Yeah. Or they're just going to throw you in a ditch <laughs> and then sue, hopefully, the, uh, the bad surgery you had because the doctor left something in you. Left oh. a Nintendo Switch controller in you because he was playing Mario Party while he was high on cocaine. Mm. It's not something I've talked about much on the show, if at all, but Lisa had botched eye surgery last year. Right. And she went in for a cataract surgery and the, the, the doctor put in the lens wrong. And so now her, the lens has become grafted to her retina. Oh, I'm so sorry. And she can't see very well out of that eye. She can no longer read. Uh, books she can like read but she can't read like comfortably like read for pleasure and driving is difficult for her especially at night and she's a teacher so and she's a teacher yeah <laughs> so um uh she's going for an ultrasound on her eye next week i'm taking her into town into the hospital for an ultrasound on her eye and they're going to see what they can see anyway it's it's quite awful but what we learn from this is that it's really hard in Canada to sue someone for medical malpractice. Like, even if you're thinking about it, we weren't, like, seriously mm-hmm. thinking about it at this point. Like, it's something I would think, you know, depending how things go, that's something that she should think about, just in terms of, like, loss of loss of quality of life and yeah. things like that. But um, here in Canada, it's really, really hard to sue someone for malpractice. Like, they basically have to, like, kill you and, like, still be sitting there with, like, the knife in their hand in order for you to sue them for medical malpractice. Uh, I wonder if that's to do with our system of, like, that we have Medicare that's government-supported in the sense that if people are sued, it's the government who's on the hook for it, not mm. not necessarily, like, an insurance company or a doctor. Uh, doctor, you know, like, um, I don't really but know. But if a doctor was sued, 
like would they still be able to practice? Would that be like part of a lawsuit? Like if it was a doctor, yeah, a doctor would still be able to practice. Up, I mean, screwed up so badly, it's like, what do you have to do to like yeah. lose your license? I think that would be quite a bit. I don't think like an accident or a mistake would be a, a reason to to take away someone's work or their their livelihood. But I mean, I guess a, a record of how many times, yeah, a history of that would be would obviously be a problem. But I think this because where Lisa went. The doc, like the normal doctors that do it, where one of the doc, the doctor that would would have operated on operated on her eye was away on vacation, and so there was someone oh. filling in. And to me, that's kind of a thing where you kind of go, you know what, I'm good. I'll come back when the actual doctor's here. And I'm sorry, I know you're learning, but mm-hmm. this is not, I don't want my well, eyes. This is going to be a very very long wait. I don't want my 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 uh, yeah. my eyes. But uh, yeah, unless it's going to be a really long wait. But yeah, and then it was kind of like a confluence of disasters because. Just like a week after this happened to her, or a week after we kind of figured out something was wrong, not not the operation itself, but just when we, because it didn't feel right. Like she had one eye done and one, the other eye done. And the one eye went well and the other, one eye went badly and the other eye went well. And so then she had like kind of a metric of this one's not working properly. This one's yeah. great and this one's terrible. And then when the actual doctor came back and looked at her eyes, she was really upset. She was visibly upset when she yeah. saw what was in, you know, it happened with Lisa's eye. And they refunded her all the money we, you know, paid for the operations uh, for what it's worth. But at least, you know, they at least recognized that. And it was that, an out-of-pocket uh, situation? Yeah, yeah. For what? Because the, the government will pay for a certain amount and then you have to, like, if you want corrective lenses and stuff, then you have to pay extra for okay. that. And so, um, like, yeah, and then a week after this happened, one of the doctors, the other main doctor at the clinic killed himself. Like, jumped off, literally jumped off a bridge and killed himself. And so this is... You know, like, so in the middle of this, kind of Lisa's sort of lost in the middle of all this other crisis that's happening. And uh, then they sent her to a doctor who I, I'm not too sure what this doctor's thing is. It feels like his thing is like having patients come so he can get money for it. And then that's about it. <laughs> like, it doesn't, didn't seem to get much treatment from him. Right. And then we went to a retinal specialist at, down by VGH in that neighborhood around the hospital there. And he seemed really good. Like, I didn't talk to him, but Lisa talked to him. And what she said to me, the things he said... It sounded like he was really kind of on the ball, and he's the one who ordered the ultrasound. And so I'm hoping that something will come of this. Okay, me too. Yeah, so because, sorry. Yeah, that. yeah, it sucks. It sucks. And this is not a complainy person, so, you know, it's hard to know the how much it bothers her, <laughs> you know? Right. So, it, you know, sometimes she'll say things, and I'll be just like, oh, that just sounds terrible. Like, you know, oh, I can't read right now. Oh, this is awful. Like, you know, like, but I can't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have any eye surgery skills, so I can't do any corrective retinal surgery no you probably shouldn't no no i shouldn't because the worry is that this lens has grafted itself to her retina right. and she has like a uh and she, once again just one of those sort of things like you know not unrelated to the operation but if it, it affects the outcome because she has a really thin retina it turns out like she has unusually thin retina so that's also affecting what they can what the choices they have as well so yeah it's just one of those things you just kind of Throw your hands up and be angry about it. But. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I wonder if, like, uh, yeah, has, has anyone out there in our listener land uh, had to sue something medically? You know, well, where are you out in the world that uh, you did it? Hard, difficult? Is it, I mean, it seems like such a regular thing in the States from well, that's the, thing, the, ads, the ads. ads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a lot of clash, clash, class uh, action lawsuit. Have you had this happen? 
well, you know, or did you do this or did this happen? And uh, yeah, this, the, and the lawyers, you know, they don't seem like they're on your side. They seem like no, they seem like creeps. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. I mean, listen, yes, please get money for being harmed. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent behind that. Yeah, but uh, there's no lawyer that shows up on TV that you don't think is a creep. <laughs> no, right? Like it's no, just it has like that it feeling matter. to it. Yeah, even that guy that you had to honk for. Vern Fong. Von, Vern he was Fong, not a yeah. lawyer. But, uh, he wasn't a lawyer? No, I don't think so. He was a lawyer. Cause was he, he? Yeah. Remember to honk if you drive by Vern Fong. It was, but it was n- not drive by. No, no, no. No, no. It was, he, he did, uh, if you were um, banned from driving, if you'd been, if, right. you, if you were in trouble for, for driving and you'd lost your license, he would help you. Uh, he would represent you to get your license he back. He was a lawyer. I'm pretty sure. Like, you're looking him up now. I am looking him up. <laughs> he was a, a lawyer based in Seattle. And so we on the American stations, we would often get... He was an the, insurance person. He was an insurance person? Yeah. was a Seattle oh, okay. entrepreneur best known for founding Vern Funk Insurance. Oh, A high-risk okay. auto insurance agency with 17 offices. Oh, uh, it was high-risk yeah. auto insurance. Okay, I thought he was a lawyer who helped people get back on the road. But I guess he was high-risk. So people who had like... People who couldn't get insurance from other insurance companies could go to Vern Fonk and he would take a chance. Yep. I and see. Uh, sadly has passed away from a blood infection. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Sorry about that. Uh, but a series of uh, very... Uh, what, what were they funny ads? They Oof. were really funny. I, 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 was about to, I was about to say that. <laughs> then I was like, something inside me went, I don't know. But I want to respect the <laughs> person who has passed, passed away. There was some dancing in front of green screens. There was, and some sexy ladies that were kind of of the time. Yeah. It had a kind it of... It was very Better Call Saul. I was just going to say, it had a kind of a Saul Goodman feel to it. But, but before Saul Goodman. Yeah. Vern Funk. But that's interesting, yeah. Because here in BC, because we have, we're, we have a provincial insurance company... And there's only one company. No one can be deni- denied insurance. You might pay more than other people to get insurance because of your abysmal driving record, but you cannot be refused to get, be insured here. Okay, and the person that you think is Vern Funk, yes, who was, was not the, Vern, was Funk. not Vern Funk. Oh, that was uh, Rob. Uh, I think it's uh, Thilk. Okay, T H I E L K E. How would you pronounce that? Thilk. Alan Thilk. Right. So he wrote all the ads. Yeah. And whatnot. And unfortunately, oh. he has also since passed away. Also from the same blood infection. No. They shared a blood infection. No. Uh, no. 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 He was a, he was a cancer uh, bore oh. as well. He was a cancer bore. Oh, my what God. What a horrible thing to say. <laughs> what a terrible... I was going to say... This is what I was going to say. Oh, Dave, you like this. It was cancer. That was exactly what I wanted to say. And then I went, I can't say that. That's horrible. <laughs> That's a completely horrible, horrible thing. That's a, that's a joke in incredibly bad taste, and that's not what he was about. Wait, that was a that was pretty that's much a good it. legacy. I pretty suppose. much it. I I'm guess. sorry. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. Uh, rest end, rest in peace. Uh, thank you for uh, Vern Funk you know, and Vern Funk imitator. Yes, that people thought was Vern Funk. I, he thought, was... I thought he was Vern Funk too. I thought this is a really cool lawyer. I thought he was a lawyer just because the, the 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 ad seemed to imply that he would get you back on the road, and I he just would, assumed with high risk insurance. With high risk insurance, but that that's you know. no one else would insure you. Why? Because you had all these DUIs and you're yeah, a maniac. Yeah. Don't worry, <laughs> Vern Funk will get you on the He'll road. Get back. <laughs> we'll get your these maniacs on the road. <laughs> Again, not the greatest legacy in the world. <laughs> not the greatest legacy. No, in a way. Eh. Yeah. Dude, I mean, we heard. Again, we're not just trying to speak ill. I, like, we hardly this, this knew This is a podcast called Ill of the Dead. <laughs> 
and uh, we all feel bad. And yeah. uh, hey, you know who had good ads was Hunky Bill. That guy was good. Mm. And he did ads for pierogies. Mm. And then uh, what, it, what, it was the, what was the fish-related one? It was... Uh, he had a fish-related one? He had a fish-related one as well, like a fish-related business. He, Barnacle it, Bill. That was it. Oh, I guess he had the Barnacle Bill. Haddock Bill. Uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, he made pierogies and everyone enjoyed them. Yeah. And his business is still at the p and It is, yeah. And uh, he has passed away as well. Uh, got run over by a driver who had insurance that shouldn't have had <laughs> high risk insurance. High risk insurance. And uh, there you go. But he had some. He's down in Seattle. He's visiting Seattle. Got run over by yeah. a, a driver who, to be fair to the driver, was suffering from a blood infection. Jesus, I don't feel good about anything <laughs> that's in this. It's <laughs> happening all. in this world. Yeah. How much more show do we have to? Oh my God. How much more? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Who's your favorite uh, yelling at the camera kind of late night uh, cheap ad uh, person? Gee, well, it's been a long time since I've watched. I'm going to say ca- the captain because he he paid oh, me he and paid I designed you. a shirt for him. That's true. He was pretty good, but I was he? I guess he was sort of a yelling at the camera guy, but not like yeah. an angry yelling at the camera. No, guy. no, he was sort of a yelling. Come on down, yeah. I'll give you money. I linked. oh look at this, I'll buy this, I'll buy that, and then later on, you know, Jesus had some good ideas, <laughs> and you should eat more fruit. Like okay, you're not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Also, get off the sauce. <laughs> is this some of his advice he was passing on near the. That's weird. Like... That was near the end. Near the end, he lost a lot of weight. He found mm. Christ, and uh, he uh, he was promoted. Like he'd have a big basket of fruits and vegetables, and like have a lot of. You should eat more fruits and vegetables, and be good to your neighbors, and all this kind of stuff. And he'd do those ads. Also, I'll buy your uh, radios if they're not stolen. <laughs> I am good buy. How about if they're stolen? Really, I don't know. He'll buy them anyway. No, he really. was pretty good for that. Oh, is that right? That's good. Yeah. I liked um one person I liked a lot was Kel Worthington and his dog Spot. He was a, a American was that, car dealer. Was he just in one place or was he one of those where it was like a franchise? Oh I and it's weird because I was just gonna say that because when you remember when we saw that crazy movie Finnegan's Chin? Yes. And after it we the reason we went there was well, when we were promised a Monty Python documentary that we were didn't show up, but we did get to see an animation festival after the Finnegan's Chin, and one of the films that was shown was a Gerald Scarf animated kind of American travelogue uh, about his experiences in California, and drawing in that kind of kind of scary Gerald Scarf way of drawing, and he did the if people don't know who he is, he did the illustrations for Pink Floyd's The Wall. So if you imagine the drawing of Mother and the and the teacher and all those characters, and a lot of non flattering drawings of Nixon. <laughs> he did a lot of those. He and Ralph Steadman, I kind of think yeah. as being kind of a similar yeah. thing with their like you know spray the sprays of globs of ink all over and a very rough, quick drawing style with a lot of lines and and yeah. And very... yeah, if you show me one, I'm probably going to say the other's name and I will uh, feel bad afterwards <laughs> yeah. and I'll lose on Jeopardy. <laughs> I I could I could parse them out I think from each, from one to the other. But Steadman drew for Hunter S. Thompson. Charles Scarf yes. drew for Pink Floyd. There's your, there's your difference. But in this travelogue, and it has like a bunch of like, obviously stuff taped off American television as part of the soundtrack. One of them was this LA ad for Kel Worthington and his dog Spot. And having grown up listening to those ads on television, I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like, did he move up from LA and, and start a dealership in Washington just because he was tired of living in LA? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're right. Maybe he was like a franchise dealer. He was, uh, so here's the thing. 
uh, all through uh, the west coast of the United States. Okay, so so and when you're saying his dog Spot, the gag of course was it was never a dog. It was many other yeah. animals. It was uh, chimps. Yeah, it yeah. was like goats. Yeah. It was. Uh, I it was think it might have been lion at one point. I enjoyed that. Yep. I enjoyed. He was kind of like the to me. And that's what I'm going to say. The ads ran from the 1960s to the 90s. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he was. And no matter how long he did it, he still had that kind of uh, stiffness of like Tex and Edna Boyle, the SCTV characters of the, you know, kind of the selling to you hands moving kind of awkwardly as they tell you the great deals they have come on down yeah. to yeah and uh he had that a little bit too as someone who had obviously done like you know ads for for decades he, he seemed amazingly uncomfortable on camera but you know he did wear a cowboy hat yeah, it doesn't it doesn't say uh, how he died, which is which is too bad. So we can't like make fun of him, <laughs> you know, like we normally do, because yes. we're a couple of real sacks of crap. <laughs> Don't feel guilty. No, no, no. Why would you? Yeah, he also uh, was in World War Two. Fought in the Army Air Corps. Oh wow! Yeah, good for him. Distinguished service. Good for him. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. One of those, the greatest generation, one of those people. Yeah, sure. That's what they call themselves. So there you go. It's a self Wait, did they name themselves? I think they did. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a good was question. The, was it the next generation? No, that's a that? very good question. I can't like imagine kids from the 60s are calling them the greatest generation. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, again, here's my problem with that. Mm. I mean, again. Yeah. Listen. Listen. Listen, they did a lot. Uh, they did a lot. They did oh a my lot. gosh, what am I doing? And don't just think of like, why am I, why am I, why are you putting on these soldiers who sacrifice their lives for, okay, but when you're saying, for you, when you're saying the greatest generation, yeah, weren't they also fighting people from that same generation? Like, is it, is it then also the worst generation? <laughs> like, over there? Yeah. Like, they're all the same generation, mm. right? Mm. So it's like, why, why are they great if they're fighting more of their generation? Like, does that not even itself out? I guess maybe maybe it does. Maybe it's just the zero. Were they just fighting elderly people? Were they like Spider Man in the sixties, <laughs> where he was just fighting old people? <laughs> That's why they're the greatest generation. They beat up old people. Yeah, that was kind of the deal with the early Steve Ditko uh, Spider Man. <laughs> totally, just like deal. who are you fight? Who are you fighting? Yeah, it's fighting uh, the Vulture. Oh, who's that? An old man with some wings. Yeah, but it was intentional because if you just had like basically a... Roy Orbison is a uh, Doctor Octopus. I mean, really, the Spider Man is like a great kind of comic version of the generation gap you know so you had spider-man fighting these old people you know so he's like fighting your dad or fighting people that you see as authority figures who right. you don't like and and so that you know if he's just fighting another teenager eh. and russians he also fights russians Does he fight russians yeah well uh the first issue was the chameleon who was russian i didn't realize and then uh, he's an old old craven russian. the hunter also i think was a russian guy is craven the hunter a russian i believe so yeah is there a craven the hunter movie coming out just i'm just wondering. oh is there ever is it really? Yeah, he gets with, bitten, uh, bitten by a radioactive lion. I am not kidding. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, I am is not, that his actual? I am not lying. But that, is that his, <laughs> is that his actual uh, origin? No, of course it's not. That's really... Re- no. It's I really, mean, really... It's like, course, that's so dumb. It's like being bitten by a radioactive spider. How no, stupid. Once Wait a second. Okay, you can get be bitten by a radioactive spider if yeah. you're the first one out of the gate yes. with that craziness. Yeah. But then if you extrapolate that to... Radioactive lion. Radioactive lion. <laughs> like, if you get bitten by a radioactive spider, yeah. you walk away and feel a little itchy, and then maybe you get some powers. If you're in a fight with a lion and he bites you, you're the lion's meal. That's the end of that. The end. Does it star that actor? 
why I'm an idiot. It stars that actor, right? I don't know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you but do. You know who I mean. No, I don't. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't know who that is. Oh, is that uh, Quicksilver? Kick, yeah, Quicksilver, Kickass. Okay. John Lennon. Okay. Uh, Soldier in Godzilla. Yeah, I think you'll find John Lennon was played by the guy from Trainspotting. That was John Lennon in uh, that movie yesterday. Yesterday's, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. only one person who played John Lennon, right? For him. <laughs> Been quite a few, actually. And uh, Paul Rudd. Mm. And Paul Rudd also played him. Okay. Yeah, and another, who, another who was Paul McCartney? Was that Jason Schwartzman or was that who was? Uh, yeah, I'm it's been a to... while since I saw that movie. Right. Okay, that was Sorry. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. It's a very good movie. Yeah, it's a very good Beatles. Scene. Bit of a flopperoo. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think it was a hard one to explain when you're mm. looking up at the poster and like, hey, what do you want to see? Uh, let's see Dewey Cox, <laughs> the uh, Walk Hard. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's that about? Uh, it's kind of a parody of. Uh, uh, all, Johnny all Cash, biopics. Uh, really all biopics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and say, oh, that sounds like something I, I don't ever want to see. <laughs> I don't want to pay money for that. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to see that. Okay, let's not see it and make it fail. All right. <laughs> yeah, I guess some movies are harder to sell than others. Let's see Saw 6 instead. All mm-hmm. right, good. Finally yeah. explain some Seesaw. of those things we didn't understand about uh, Saw 5 through <laughs> 1. <laughs> <laughs> and of course saw one wasn't called saw one no it was called saw a new hope <laughs> oh that's yeah. is that a retro did they change that it's re- the... the numbering is confusing yeah yeah because it's actually episode four right no episode four is saw tokyo drift <laughs> which does not work linearly and you're like didn't which, they kill is... off that character yeah. and it's like no you, there's a bonus scene in saw six <laughs> explains all that yeah that explains all that and of course saw six is it's all about family yes okay i think i, I got a i got a handle on it now thank you thank you for explaining it to me and to our listeners right and then there's the one that's like uh saw horse which is all just saw with horses <laughs> <laughs> that's the one with um secretariat secretariat isn't it oh okay sorry i thought that was the one with chris rock but i guess i'm wrong yeah no, that's the one with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal as Secretariat. Oh, okay. <laughs> and James Spader. And they're both horses. And it's very sexy. Yes. It's a good movie. Yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe is also in it. Oh. But just because he was practicing for Equus. Okay. And he okay. went, I got to spend some time with some sexy horses. Sure. And sure. Gyllenhaal went, and went, all right, yeah, you guys will do. All right. See? Everyone's forgotten about us making fun of people for dying from blood diseases. <laughs> What is Way to wrong bring it up. with us? The second summer is over. Yeah, a little darkness in the air. Darkness in the air. Does that make sense? Uh, and then uh, we're just down that path. Yeah, blood quantum of solace. Oh, hmm, hmm, hmm. What? I don't know. <laughs> um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was up for the James Bond role as James Bond. Yeah, like as a new James Bond. Oh, okay. I don't know if being in Craven the Hunter has, has scotched that. Those it hopes. would feel like if he was like doing it with the fella who's playing uh, Q now, who's also Paddington Bear. Who, oh yeah, Ben 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 Waitzel or Ben Ben Benjamin Ben Ben Button Ben bunch of Ben Benjamin Witzel Benjamin Wishushuwalwal. If you saw those two, it would just be like a couple. Hey, you gotta do something. Yeah, no, we should. Yeah, we should go fight Spectre. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you think they're too young? too young yeah both of us are kind of young yeah oh, oh boy we've been seeing some stuff haven't we yeah you're a commander of the navy yeah remember that i was a commander of the navy for a long time <laughs> oh maybe i like girls oh that's neat i like making stuff oh cool here 
He's Here's probably like car. in his. He's probably Bring like it back in one piece. He's probably coming up to his forties there, in Taylor Johnson. I yeah, think. that's that's young now. I think forties has become young. They've officially upgraded it to young. <laughs> Is it young forties? I think so young? now. Yeah. I mean, I felt really young in, in my forties. Yeah, unlike now, right? Where I feel quite old. I'm calling this my second 40s. <laughs> I think you your want. 50s is your second 40s. I don't know about that. You didn't get it right the first time. And I don't think I did when I was in my 40s. So I think like I'm gonna, I'm doing, I'm doing a do-over. I'm calling a mulligan. Fair enough. I'm flipping it, and I'm calling the the previous 10 years, yeah. my 50s, and I'm gonna make this my 40s instead. Okay. And I've talked to my accountant about it, and he thinks <laughs> we can swing it. Thinks we can. Th- okay. We can swing it. Maybe you're gonna turn your 60s into your 30s then. I don't know. Okay. I just remember, uh, hey, do you remember that movie with uh, Dennis Hopper uh, and uh, Kiefer Sutherland? Easy Rider? No. Uh, which ended with him going, hey, man, the 90s are going to make the 50s look like the 60s. No, the six, the 90s are going to make the 60s look like the 50s, is what he said. And I was like, oh, wow, the 90s are really going to be something. They weren't. They weren't. They weren't. Is that one that where he's, like a, he's like an old hippie? Yeah. Who's been like... Yeah. It was sort of frozen in time kind of situation, but not literally frozen no, in time. No, it wasn't an Encino Man. No, no, but not literally, but I just mean he's stuck in the past. Mm. Is the movie called Stuck in the Past? Oh, that could be. That's possible. I don't know what it's called. No one knows. But I remember that movie. And it was either, it was, yeah. I, I, was it so Christian many Slater? Mo- Oof. Are you sure it's Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland? I am absolutely not. Okay. No, not at all. Uh, in fact, for a while there, I was thinking, in my sentence, I was thinking it might have been Emilio Estevez. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know, I'll look it up. Here we go. This is me looking it up. What, looking at what? Because you uh, don't even know the name of the movie. How are you going to look it up? I'm going to look up Dennis Hopper. Okay. And then I'm going to look up Dennis Hopper and his filmography. I see. And then from there, and you're going to see that he was in the he was in uh, the last movie that he was in. He was King Koopa in uh, Super Mario Brothers. That's true. I did not know that. Oh, you didn't know that? That's in the old one, right? With with uh, British actor Bob it's Hoskins. It's in the classic version. Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's see. Fla- I, flashback. Remember when everyone was mad when Bob Hoskins played Mario? Because he's not, he's not Italian. So mad. Kiefer Sutherland uh, and Dennis Hopper in Flashback. Flashback. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yep. I didn't see it. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> it really doesn't matter at this point. No, it doesn't. No, 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 the movie came out in 1990. We're all right. 1990? Yeah. Hmm. Because the 90s. Are, go- are going to make right. the... 40s look nope, like the, nope, the, nope, the 1790s. Nope. 60s look like the 50s. It's going to be a hell of a, a ride. Buckle mm. up for those 90s and the 2000s onwards. I mean, not the, much. Do you think the 90s were that bad? They weren't. They weren't that bad, but they were very. I think the 90s were okay. I think uh, we can coast. I think there was a lot of that <laughs> feeling, that vibe of just okay. like, yeah, we can. You know, we're, we're doing all right. right. We're all right. I think there was in general. I think there was that feeling. People have said this recently. Where there was a lot of ironic racism and stuff in things. And I was like, yeah, I think we've cured racism. Yeah, I think we've dealt with that. So we're good. Sexism too. All fine. Yeah, some people are a little politically incorrect. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, they're wrong though. They're wrong to be that. So, because uh, everything's generally fine and uh, any problems? No? So what do you think? The government's like against us? That yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, things maybe might be working a little too smooth. Yeah. And so... You ended up with the X-Files, which, again, people have said could never exist in any other time period. It would make no sense in any other time period to have the X-Files where you're like, things are so kind of relaxed and calm Yeah. that, uh, yeah, what about that government? <laughs> well, they seem think... to be running things because things are going real smooth and yeah. they're making it look like it's all real okay. easy. Like, and 
There's some, some, some scandals. I don't like that Clinton guy. But generally, things are pretty okay don't here in America. Don't you think they could be on right now? Like, we seem like no. we're like at a heightened state of conspiracy. Well, they tried it. They tried the uh, X-Files series, Bring It Back. And okay. it didn't work because they had uh, Joel McHale playing kind of an Alex Jones type, but like made him the good guy because he was right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't make the conspiracy nuts the good guys. <laughs> That's the, that's but, the flip but, of wasn't reality. Wasn't Mulder was the, the the conspiracy nut in the original right, series? But back when things seemed to be moving okay. smooth and fine, when we could la- chuckle at it, is like ugh. Yeah, it, I mean, because things are going so good, yeah, they can't be working this smooth. There must be something underneath. Whereas now things are like well, Jesus, everything's out in the open, and everyone's got their dick out, and so it's like you know <laughs> we're gonna investigate. You don't have to yeah. investigate nothing. Yeah. Everything's just out in the open, crazy. Everyone's like at a ten. So there's there's nothing to deal with and yeah, what you should have then had was it should have had uh, then then Mulder as the debunker and then you should have had like you know uh, Scully as uh, you know kind of in the Mulder role and they did that a little bit in the last movie a little bit because there was some religious aspects so whenever they did that you know she was the one who go oh maybe there's ghosts and maybe God and Mulder was ah you're dumb yeah that's dumb you're a dummy dumb dumb and it's like no Mulder maybe it's possible no 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 stupid shut up shut your shut your face like well you're kind yeah, of mean me <laughs> losing it yeah um, it just was it was odd so nowadays we couldn't have like enemy of the state then oh man I saw that a while ago but I can't remember what it was hit me with it what's the isn't plot? that the one with Will Smith and he's like, there's like a government conspiracy that he somehow uncovers, and then Gene Hackman is in it. And, yeah, that's probably you right. You know, I haven't seen it since the 90s it was all, either. Okay, how about let's go with this. Let's go with Conspiracy Report. Wasn't that a Mel Gibson one where he was like this big conspiracy nut, and the government was trying to shut him up? And like nowadays, it would just do, be like any conspiracy that you'd put out there, yeah. people would go, yeah, okay. Sounds right. Sounds right. Sounds about right. Do you yeah. want to go on TV and talk about it? Want to talk about it publicly? Yeah. Do you want a book deal? How are you doing? <laughs> hey, do you want to run for office? Yeah. You sound you sound smart. Let's get you on as the opposing viewpoint to someone who's like studied shit. Let's get <laughs> let's get both of you on and give you equal time. You know, you freaking nut. Yeah, let's do that. I I was I was boasting on, on Facebook and on Instagram mm-hmm. that I uh, bought some good music books at Valley Village the other day, which I did. I was very happy to find these books. But I also found a book I've been looking for for a long time. Well, a bunch of books I've been looking for for quite a while. It's uh, The Once and Future King. It's like an omnibus collection of T.H. White's Arthurian stories. So Sword in the Stone and, and Candle in the Wind and some other, two other ones I can't remember the name of because I haven't read them yet. But um, Toad in the Hole. Toad in the Hole. Yes, that's the other one. That's what people are. Toad in the Hole. Uh, so, um, but in this, I was reading it and then I was thinking, this is sort of like a piece of, uh, you know, description of Merlin's uh, hovel, and and when they were when he was describing stuff, I was like, he described a globe, and I was like, a globe? I, like, how old is the globe? Like, what people, you know, often, are, you know, like people who are dummies often go like, you know, people in the Middle Ages thought the world was flat and blah blah blah, and you're like, no, that's not what people thought in the Middle Ages. Like, that's stupid. And so I just looked it up uh, online, and it's like the oldest globe. Well, the oldest globe in existence is from 1490. Mm-hmm. It was created by this, uh, it was called the El, the Erd Apfel, which is Earth Apple, which is the name, he gave the name for the globe. Never caught on, I don't know why. But anyway. Um, and that company went on to become Apple. Apple, yes. The German branch of Apple. Yep. Um, but anyway, he built, he, you know, he designed this globe. Now, 
part of it is empty because this is two years before Columbus mm. even left to go see if there was a, a new world. Here there be monsters. Yes. But there's nothing in that, that sense. It's just blank because they didn't know what was there. But what's interesting is that in uh, 2 BC, there's this guy named Crates of Ma- uh, Matis, some kind of name like that. But anyway, he made a globe. This is a globe in, uh, we only have the descriptions of it because it, it didn't, it did not last till now. But on this globe, he had Europe and Africa. And then he had, he decided, so, so Greek-like, he decided the world had like five regions. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, there's the, you know, Europe, Africa. Then there was the ocean, which he called the Torrid Zone. Okay. And then he created two other continents opposite of Europe and Africa. Right. One was Euro Disney. <laughs> one was, one, one, I can't remember the name of it. The other one was Antipodes. Okay. And that would be basically South, South America. And the other part would have been, which had like a P name, would have been um, America. And then he had a third one, which doesn't, wouldn't have, doesn't exist. And also he thought that there was a band around the equator of just ocean. So they're, they're all separated by, they weren't oh, connected. Okay. They weren't right. connected. And so, but anyway, it's just guessing, right? Because no one yeah. knew, like no one had sailed anywhere yet. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty good guesses, though. And he's just like ba- he's basing his idea on like if this is here, then there must be something like it over here. Like it doesn't make any sense that we're the only thing. So you know, it's going to be a lot of ocean, and then we're going to have this these other big globs here. Uh, and so that was in two BC, and no one was going like, "This is stupid. It's a globe. The world's flat." Like because people didn't actually think that then. No one thought the world was flat. People didn't start thinking the world was flat until in the Victorian era, when some some nut nutball wrote a wrote a pamphlet about how the world's flat and created the flat Earth society. And uh, now, but nowadays people go around talking about the Middle Ages like they were stupid because they thought the world was was flat. They did not. It's just a lot of snobby Victorians writing mean mean things about medieval people. But th- anyway, that's what I looked up. I was just curious because I, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I've you know I've talked with people before like because I'm fascinated by that documentary uh, behind the curve right. about modern flat Earth. Uh, theory maker uppers and um and so when you when i've talked to people about it they've kind of like made that sort of scoffing remark about how like you know like what are they from the middle middle ages or whatever and i you know i just you know, i'm just bound like i just can't help myself out you well you know in the middle ages they didn't actually think that they were. <laughs> just want to point out that people in the middle ages weren't absolute idiots they actually did have like some science even if the science was wrong it was considered science at the time so yeah the uh yeah in fact, here's a globe with uh, all of them listed of all the people. Who... No, wait, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, the oldest globe, fourteen. It still it still exists, fourteen ninety. Yeah, it's still, okay. it's still around. It's um in it it uh, been in various places, but now it's in some museum in Germany, uh, and it's made of like linen and uh, like parchment, and I guess and it's made the way modern way we make globes, where he cut you know the paper into these sort of oh, okay, cool. semicircular slats that I don't want to call them slats but you know like pieces yeah. that when you fold them they, they fold in a round way around, around your and globe. good on the person who uh, do you know the person that, that made this or was it just yeah the... yep yep what There's was a... the name I don't remember his name now he was a, he was a German guy okay so uh, here's here's what I think is nice too is like they didn't like uh, then like name one of the continents or whatever like Fritzland <laughs> like just themselves after yeah, themselves yeah. Was yeah, like yeah. what are you going to do mm-hmm uh i'm gonna call it that well it might not exist eh, maybe it does maybe it doesn't anyway and that's that's fritzland all right until <laughs> someone proves it different yeah well i'm the conf- lord of fritzland people are accused because of fritzerland oh that's right. close by a very neutral area though yeah that's it. a fair point yeah 
I was... Uh, did I tell you like last week that I was watching the first episode of that uh, uh, Netflix thing about Blue Zones? Did I tell you that? What is that? I don't know what that is. Do you know what a Blue Zone is? No. A Blue Zone is uh, an area of the world where people uh, live uh, much longer than usual. Oh, okay. Uh, so, like, uh, a lot of people are live past a hundred, like in Okinawa, and so that was the that was the hmm. first episode was about Okinawa. Okay, and it was it was going saying like so. So the idea is like, why do people here live so long? Yeah, and it's a guy who uh, biked around the world, and uh, he's very pro bike, uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. When you've, so, so when you've calloused your butt that much, you really have to be behind what you do. Yeah, it's one of these things where like there's a warning beforehand, just like uh, talk to your doctor about things. Okay. You know, this is more for entertainment. Okay, we're all having a good time here. <laughs> we're, uh, we're not advocating. We're, we're not behind America, everything. We're more litigious than they are in the Canada. No need for blah blah blah. So yeah, so they they uh, it, it is interesting because there are so many people in Okinawa that. Uh, you know, are like past a hundred. Yeah. So like all these people have like stories about the war and the war still is such a huge part in their lives and affected them in such a way that of course. In does. Okinawa. Yeah. I didn't to, even think, I didn't even think Okinawa was never attacked by the allies. Uh, the, a lot of them were, were, I guess there was bombing affected, and stuff like uh, that. Greatly but, affected uh, by it. Yeah. That's why they dropped the, that's why they dropped, dropped the atomic bomb is they did like a, they did like a, a metric of like how many people, how many GIs would die uh, storming Okinawa, mm-hmm. and they went, okay, let's just drop a bomb. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. How many people will have to die in order for us to like take this small island before we actually go to Japan? So, um, yeah. So they kind of break down all these different things and all these different factors, and for a while, they're just resting on this one thing of just like, and they all seem to eat these purple yams. And it's because there was like, you know, oh. this uh, famine. And so they all had to eat these yams. Okay. And the yams are more than 50% of their diet. And like, maybe it's that. And then it was like, it's not the fucking yams. <laughs> um, and I'm going to do, do the spoilers uh, okay. for you. And it's basically the secret to long life, according to them, is yeah. uh, community and purpose. Yeah, I see that's Which right. Which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's exactly go. right. Gee, that sounds fine. What a shocker. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta have a reason and you got to have... Yeah, yeah. But there's all these things they just like kind of brush past where, you know, it's just like, and these women are all, uh, you know, living very long lives and uh, they're part of this group. They pool their money together to help each other when okay. they need each other. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that sounds like there's a lot of poverty there. But we're not talking at all about that. Or like, yeah. why do they have to pool the money together? What's mm. going on? What do they... What can't one of them afford that they all need the help of the others? It's yeah. great that they're all meeting every day, yeah. and that part is good. Mm-hmm. What You just really whip by <laughs> this whole, you know, so when they're desperately in need of funds, they can yeah. all get, yeah, for what? What's yeah. happening? Uh, and, and they all live in, you know, not to be like shaming of poverty, but like the shacks. Like it's like really rough, like mm. living. And, you know, they're doing amazing things. All these older guys, like, you know, I can do the splits and very strong. And, and the, the, there was a woman who was, like, you know, past 100, was doing all these things. was like, look at my muscles. Check this out. Pam! And stuff. And it's all, yeah. that's all cool. But you kind of want to go. It's also very relative. Like, right. So it's muscle, like a, muscles at 100. <laughs> I don't know. I think she could probably take you out. Like, it's a good clean oh, okay. one punch. She's yeah. like Iron Fist. Okay. She's got one good punch in her. And if she, she nails it. Why wouldn't you say she's like one punch man? Uh, he's unrealistic. Iron Fist <laughs> makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> also, Iron Fist, it's a less interesting story. One punch know. man is Japanese. But anyway, okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, and and what, what's Iron Fist? 
Is he not? He's not. No, he's not Japanese. No. He's very no. white. Yeah. And, but he goes to Japan, right? No, he goes to some kind to, of. He's in like Kathmandu or some kind of. Yeah, place, some kind of. Make, make him up land. Yeah, make him up land. Yeah. But my my. He's in Kublai Khan. The thing, yeah, that kind by of the bugs stately me pleasure dome is the guy who's clearly rich. Yep. Who's going to this town that's clearly really poor, mm-hmm. and just going? You've got something that re- that I want, and this is this nice long longevity. Yeah, and it's like, how do you do it? What are you doing? <laughs> Give me your secrets. And it's just like, nah, this is not super good. Yeah, just like, hey, you know, uh, it's also like, how about you don't... fix their shack? How about these women who are having money problems? <laughs> how much are you making off of this Netflix documentary? Yeah, this looks like a very small town that you're in the small prefecture, like the yeah. small area. It's Can fine. You throw them a Apparently, of people are making people who make the documentary are making much money from Netflix. Don't worry, either. they're all eating yams. They're fine. <laughs> nice blue yams. Blue yams, yeah. Yeah, purple yams. Sorry about that. Is it purple yams? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a blue zone. Yeah, there's five. Purple yams. Yeah, there's five uh, blue zones in the world. Is One there the is torrid the, zone? There's uh, the Okinawa Prefecture in okay. Japan. I'm going to say things wrong. Okay. Uh, Nuro uh, Province in Sardinia, uh, Italy. Okay. Uh, the uh, the uh, Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. Okay. Ikara in Greece. You wouldn't know that because they're Greek people that live there and you've never met a Greek person. And uh, Loma Linda in California in the United States. Loma. Yep, California. Loma Linda. So if you, that's probably beautiful, your easiest way to go. Beautiful Loma. There you got to go there, and you got to like stay alive. There you go. Stay alive. Those are the five blue zones. People, the th- okay, community and purpose very, very, for, very much a part of it. But here's the most. Oh wait, important. does Canada have a blue zone? Do we have a blue zone? Yes. No. Oh, there. Uh, yes. Aldergrove, uh, there is. Aldergrove, BC. We're very close. Okay. We're very close. Yeah. Uh, Airdrie, Alberta, Ugh. is very close. You to live in Alberta. Oh, maybe maybe people not wanting to live there Airdry. is part of why they live so long. Airdrie is basically a bedroom community for Calgary. Okay. Well, it seems to be doing all right for itself. All right. I think part of these places that is bad record keeping, like so that something's happened in the past where, so people aren't really act- actually positive how old people are. Yeah, it's possible. And there's also people that maybe they lied about their age because they didn't want uh, something. And blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's a maybe. But, you know, it is, you do see all these older people. And, the, okay, so the other aspect to it is, they have very little furniture, so you know, uh, you know, basically have like a low table, and then so when they're eating, they're squatting on the floor. Yeah, and they spend a lot of their time standing during the day, and they've all got gardens. So there's a lot of, and they have to tend to their gardens a little bit each day at the they very need, least. Need their purple yams. Yeah, that's right. So they're doing a lot of bending down and yeah. a lot of physical things through the day mm. and that's part of it it's like they keep their balance and and falling is like a huge part of like why people die early is because you fall you break something and now you're screwed yeah you got to keep your balance is a, it's a big thing and because they're doing stuff constantly because they're poor and they can't <laughs> order stuff from the store that's the real reason they're not driving a car because they don't got a car yeah uh, they uh, they keep their balance and they live a long time. So now the the big question you would then throw to an American yeah. watching this is: Would you rather be hundred years old poor mm. or or pass away at eighty North American level you yeah. know uh, yeah. standards? Sure. What, or even in this kind of case, wealthy. Mm. Would you rather be like eighty rich or hundred hundred broke? And they seem happy, but again, they're on TV. So who the hell, where are they going to go? Like, oh, I'm so sad. This doesn't help the narrative. Oh, I mean, it's good. 
but they do talk sadly about the war. There's a lot of sadness about that. Huh. And it does bring the war into a uh, kind of a lot more real uh, place because there's all these people there who experienced it and all experienced it yeah. together and are still living in the are same they, area. Are they not Japanese? Do you know what I mean? Like, assume they're Japanese. But I mean, are they like like native Japanese or are they people who are under Japanese control? Okay, that is never mentioned, but I assumed. Yeah, I just, I'm just curious. Like, I just wonder, like, because there's people in Japan who are not Japanese, mm-hmm. right? Like, they cannot, they're not citizens of Japan. It's, this is the shortest episode, is the Okinawa one. Mm. It's the shortest episode of the series. Okay. So, you know, maybe worth taking a boo, you know, when you're on your Netflix, if you have Netflix. And I do have see, Netflix. Yeah. But I, I'm always curious about that longevity and what have you, of course, you know, because I'm a cartoonist and cartoonists don't live a long time, but but cartoonists who work for Mad Magazine live a very long time. <laughs> and, you know, it's like comedians, you know. Some uh, some cartoonists who work for Mad Magazine. Comedians die young yeah. unless they live forever. Yeah. Like there's very little middle ground, you know, there's, there's just this and then there's that. And so, yeah, it's just something that, uh, that interests me. Like... But I don't uh, eat, like, purple yams. <laughs> well, as, like, that's the, the key, thing. apparently. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you balanced. I mean, community and and whatever else you said, that's important, but... Purpose. Purpose. But also, luck. Luck oh, is sure, also sure. a big part of it, too. Like, oh, yeah. You know, if you can get to a certain age and get... Pa- you know, like, you know, you're not having cancer or heart disease or... Those sort of, you know, if there's well, there's no, part ge- of that where you go. Like, there's a genetic element to it, of course. Right. Where... So it, you know, if you're at a certain age, mm-hmm. then you go like, okay, this area does not have that genetic element. Yeah. Uh, where it's not very pro-cancer. Okay. Uh, also, what are you not eating, or what are you not doing that might be helping you not to get cancer? Is it like, are you all a bunch of non-smokers? Like, are, is what's what's this, did that never catch on really here? Are you too broke mm. to afford cigarettes? Like, what is it that in other places yeah. is uh, not here? Sure. That's, uh, that's but cancer kind of... also is, has a genetic component, too, as right. well. Whereas two people can smoke and one person will get cancer because they have the, the genetics that causes it. Mm-hmm. The other person can but smoking, smoke quite happily. But smoking and... also then greatly increases your risk of cancer and emphysema and other if and you other are things. If you have a proclivity towards it, yes. Okay. Not even if... Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But the math on that is like, you know, if you get like, you know, X amount of people in a room and this mm-hmm. amount of people smoke and this amount of people don't smoke, the people that do smoke, you know, I know there's the random factor of genetics. Yep. Yes. But also over overriding that beyond that yeah. is, you know, uh, it increases your, your risk of that. Same with like, you know, drinking, same with all these kind of things. Mm. That's one of those things like whenever I'm like talking to a doctor and they're like, uh, you know, so do you drink? Nope. Do you smoke? Nope. Good. <laughs> and these are, you know, people who yeah. see a lot of people. Sure. And so, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trusting. Generally. I can't yeah, sue I'm them. Not, I know I can't sue I'm them. not talking in favor of smoking and drinking, but I'm just saying that there's, there, there's a genetic part of this as well. It's, uh, yes. You know, these blue zones. So, you know, it could be the purple yams. It could, could also be that this is a particular genetic fluke amongst these people. That they have, yeah, that is very, that is know, very true. But if that's the case, a, then... What is the genetic fluke? Sure. You know, yeah. because that's something to pursue like uh, on its own as well. But th- though, yeah, it, it does have the off-putting thing of guy who has everything <laughs> goes to people who have little yeah. and goes, how can I have some of what you got? Yeah. And, and you biking do, isn't, isn't going to cut it. I need and more. And there is absolutely nothing, you know, on his side, which is like, 
I've got something to give you. I mean, mm. maybe anything that he'd give them would like mess stuff up and, sure. you know, he'd be a real sack of crap for doing that. Uh, but it just feels weird. Mm. It feels like, you know, uh, I, we want more. Give us yours. What do you got? <laughs> it's like, this seems to be all they got going for them, really. Mm. I mean, they got they got the community, they got family, they got this yeah. love, and they got all this. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me, give me that. Doesn't... Uh, <laughs> But I'm curious about the California one. Now Loma, Loma Linda, yeah. I wonder if it's just a. I wonder if it's like a retirement community, so they have like really a high, like a high, you know, highly. Um, the demographics are really up, you know, high for for age. So, oh, it could be. So then you're looking at that, and it's kind of skewed because there's yeah. so many retirees there. There was a when we, that could be the same with Italy as well. Italy is like a major retirement mm-hmm. country now. Like that's basically their income comes from like. People from other countries feels, moving in there to retire. Feels like the people that are putting together the blue zone thing would have, like, you know, uh, hey, wait a minute. Like, it feels that's an obvious thing to to cover. I, I don't know what their criteria is. So. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I'd have to watch the rest of the episodes. And yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm good with with that. Uh, when we, <laughs> You're not going to watch the rest. No, nah, I don't think I'm good. Uh, <laughs> when we were when we were youths, there was a, an ad uh, for yogurt that was, uh, showing some place in the world where they ate a lot of yogurt. Mm. And it was like, these people live to be blah, 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 blah and yeah. all this. And then later on they did some research and found out they lied about their ages yes. to avoid the war. <laughs> yeah. 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 But the poor suckers just had to be eating oh, this yogurt. Oh, this yogurt. goddamn yogurt. <laughs> I am constantly I, shitting my pants. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's better than being in the war. You know, the war's over. What? <laughs> No one told me. <laughs> Fucking yogurt. Who won? <laughs> I'm not the greatest generation because of my yogurt eating. What? Uh, was it the side that was pro yogurt? <laughs> that was the Nazis. So. The uh, Nazis were pro yogurt. <laughs> yeah, they were pro vitamins uh, and pro yogurt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are two Nazi two Nazi inventions right there. Vitamins and yogurt. <laughs> Um, I'm well. I'm glad to hear that because I hate yogurt. I hate it with a passion. So. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. I have it uh, kind of every day. Yeah, at least it likes it too. But I just keep keep it away from you. Here's what I've been uh, doing. I eat it and say, "Fuck, this isn't an ice cream." Dave won't like this, but this is what uh, he likes uh, making fun of people for how they die. Uh, but <laughs> too. Here's what I've been making lately. That's been working yeah. out real nice. Yeah. Is uh, you take some uh, some some oats. Oats, and then yep. you take uh, a little bit of like fennel seed. I know you're like fennel seed. What are you doing? Yeah. Put a little of that in there. Then you take some coconut, and uh, I got unsweetened coconut. Toast that for like about a minute. That's nice. Then you put that onto some yogurt. Now we've lost Dave. <laughs> now what you're gonna do is you're gonna take some some. You fruit. lost me at fennel seed. You're gonna take some fruit, and if it's like blueberries or whatever, put yeah. it in a little pan for a while. Heat it oh, up. Okay. Heat it put up. Put that on top. Maybe you slice up some bananas. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, and I've been having that, and it's been really, really good. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. real, real tasty. That was like a Jamie Oliver uh, breakfast your, thing. Take your word for it. Sent to, in the mail to me. Yeah, I was like, uh, so good. Been having that lately. Had a uh, had just some oatmeal oatmeal this morning, and uh, too runny for my liking. The oatmeal was too runny. Too runny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, here's the thing. I, I there was a there was a, a a recipe that I was using for the longest time, which is like you take whatever amount of oats you want, say a little a uh, cup of a oats, little cup of oats. Yeah. That isn't necessarily a cup cup, but mm-hmm. whatever cup you're using. And then you use three times as much water sure. for the same volume. Soaks it right in. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Stir, stir, stir. Stir with the opposite end of the stick, you know, and then you've basically made yourself a spurtle, but you're not paying those big spurtle dollars. 
Uh, and you stir that for like 15 minutes. You, bo- you bring it to a boil, then bring it to a simmer. Yeah. Stir, 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 15. Th- again, throw in some fruits, throw in some cinnamon, do yeah. what you're going to do. But this this recipe uh, today I was trying was, you know, you do your cup of oats, then a cup of milk, and then a cup of water. Put that all together, bring it to a boil, huh. and then take it off. Yeah. Take it immediately off once it's on, on okay. a boil. Yeah. Leave it for a minute, hmm. and then add your fruit and whatever to that. And it was like, eh, it's okay. But it was just too watery. I guess the I milk like doesn't doesn't uh, in, incorporate into the oats the way the yeah, water does. Yeah, I thought it was going to be dry because I usually use three cups of mm. liquid to one yeah. cup of thing. But in this case, because it didn't have the time to evaporate and yeah, yeah. whatnot. Yeah. I mean, it's if you just got a couple of seconds to make a breakfast, this is pretty fast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, but I prefer the toasted on the yogurt and uh, Dave would not. <laughs> when did you first have yogurt and why was it a bad experience for you? It wasn't a bad experience. It doesn't taste any good. But when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it as a kid. I think I was probably over, over, I ate too much of it. Kind of like apple juice. I liked apple juice when I was yeah. younger. No, I don't like it. it just, I think I just had too much of did it. Did you have, was it plain yogurt or was it like fruit on the bottom yogurt? Uh, my mom bought fruit in the bottom yog- yogurt. My very first yogurt was plain yogurt, which I had at my my friend. My friend's parents were Dutch. Oh, I'm so they, sorry. For, so you Dutch. had to split the bill on everything. <laughs> I had to split when you were the done. bill. Yes, the only person in my life who made me write note, made me write lines. My friend's mom. You can't have breakfast until you can spell panakuk. Oh, right, <laughs> God. But yeah, they um, they they liked um, you know they were thrifty people, which is fine. But they liked uh, plain yogurt, and then they would just have like berries from the garden. On the yogurt, and it was just not no good. No Did good. okay. So I, again, but I don't. But I didn't mind the fruit stir, like stir in the fruit yeah. kind of stuff. That was fine when I was a kid. But eventually, I just nowadays I just can't stand it. I think I just probably over overate it. They had an ad, uh, which nowadays they would not. Um, <laughs> not because of any they would, you know sensitive political reasons or oh really because it's because of the woke community wouldn't allow it them again no it's it's because of the stabbing problem oh uh, here, okay here's what it was this is Laundert yeah at least at least this is what it was like in Montreal I don't know if you guys had the ad you know here in the uh, in, uh, the, in the you know hinterlands try, try me hinterlands um, the hinterlands okay so it was yes. fruit on the bottom yogurt yeah that was the salesmanship okay but they said how about a yogurt sundae. And they were oh. pushing it as a yogurt sundae. Yeah. And I was like, here's how you make a yogurt sundae. Yeah. And so you take the whatever foil or whatever thing is off the top of mm-hmm. your yogurt, little yeah. cup of yogurt, yeah. fruits on the bottom, turn it upside down. Okay. Now, of course, you got suction there. That's not going to work for you. Sure. Here's what you do. Poke a hole? You do poke a hole, yeah. but you poke a hole with a fork. So it was like, take a fork and then just stab it. And the whole <laughs> thing was like, you just stab it with a fork and yeah. then just give it a little err. Yeah. And then pull that out. And then sure. you just go, and yeah. that, now you made a yogurt sundae. But it was like, you can't have kids like stabbing <laughs> the bottom of a plastic container with a fork that. as hard as they can. Yeah. Was yeah. it, I recommend this for kids to do? Yeah. That's funny. It was like, I don't like yogurt. Well, how about a yogurt sundae? Yeah. And it's like, it's like this. All you got to do is with all your might, take a fork and stab down as hard as you can and uh, puncture this thing. That, see, the, the, the problem with that, though, is that you, you don't get the, like, you're still going to have, like, plain yogurt in the middle of that but you know, you know what? like you're gonna you eat... can deal with it because you're getting that intense super high of the pure food. i know but for a little while but yeah. then it's all gone and then you're just left with yeah you're a kid you're probably not gonna finish everything yeah that's true right? yeah what do you finish your plate kid i was you... i was i finished my plate kid because we were my brother would sit like for two hours at the table after dinner because he wouldn't eat his his vegetables so wow to me that didn't seem like now are they is, the, oh. is that brother you're talking about incredibly healthy now 
Because of that good eating, all that vegetable eating, does he eat a lot of vegetables? <laughs> well, he didn't now? eat his vegetables. That's why he sat there for two hours. And but nowadays, my mom would give up eventually. Does he eat his vegetables? He's a real I don't big know. vegetable guy. I, I I don't know. He does. I'll tell you that for free. I mean, it didn't work. I mean, I've seen him at. To be honest, I've seen him at like Christmas, you know, or Thanksgiving dinner eating vegetables. More more carrots, please. They yeah, say. I don't know if he was crazy, he but but he did it. he did eat it though. A lot of painful memories. It might have just been like out of obligation. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Were yeah. you a cleaner, like, to your kids? Were you like, hey, clean no. your plate? No. Okay. In fact... Give them to daddy. Daddy's going to eat it. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes uh, Eve was a victim of this because I would... Uh, I would, She would take... She's kind of a slow eater because she was the, the youngest. And uh, I'd be kind of like, oh, Eve's dinner looks pretty good. So then I would bring out dessert. And she'd be like, oh, I'm t- I had no more dinner. Uh, she would say, I'm full of dinner, but not dessert. So then I would give her dessert and then I would eat her dinner. Okay. But it was purely manipulation because I would make a point of bringing out dessert early so that she would uh she would uh give up stop eating so i had to have her dinner but it's <laughs> it's fine she's you know she's she was she was okay with that she was never a full like a big eater as a kid. yeah our thing was uh, always you know uh clean your plate mm-hmm. because it's disrespectful and again the children in other lands yep. were uh, starving mm-hmm. and somehow you eating this would help them <laughs> and then uh if you went like Oh, that was good. Could I have? Could I have some more? Mm. Uh, then they'd be just like, "Don't be, a, don't make a beast of yourself." Oh, really? Don't be. Don't be yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So mm. there's a fine fucking line. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, it's gonna mess you up in the head. Like, thanks. All right. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, there was th- like five of us eating when I was growing up at my house, and four of us were, you know, boys and men. So I think I don't know if there was much in the way of leftovers mm-hmm. ever. I don't remember there being like leftover spaghetti. Was it a real in the meat fridge. and potatoes house? Uh pretty much. But my mum my mum would my mum made a really good like spaghetti and she made a good lasagna. Yeah. She liked to um Was a salad a piece of tomato and some lettuce? Lettuce yeah, lettuce and tomato. French dressing? What kind of dressing you got going on? You're, well we always had a kid in the seventies. I still am the same. We yeah. would we had I always had Italian dressing. Okay, yeah, that's but, one but of the... then I would have Italian dressing with Thousand Islands. What? Mix it together? Mm-hmm. It's good. All right. Because you get the like, you get the the yeah, nice I'm bite of the again. nice bite of the vinegar of the, the Italian yeah, dressing. Yeah, the Italians are visiting the Thousand Islands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as there's no Greek, because I know you don't talk to Greek. <laughs> uh, all right. So what you got to do it's right all Greek now to me. Yeah. is yeah. What's what's that called? You've made your own dressing. Right? Oh, is that right? Well, yeah. You've combined oh, okay. two things together, and, yeah. and in doing so, mm. you have invented your own dressing, oh, which okay. is interesting. Sure. It's like it's like Thousand Island Italian style. Mm. What would be? Uh, well, there's a good. There you go. There's a name. It's <laughs> yes. That I like, would I like be, it when the Italians are visiting the Thousand Islands. That's that would be name. how you can. That yeah. would be how you sell it to Grandpa. How about we'll call it the Italian tourist? That's not bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you now because I know you were a language major. Yeah. What would a th- Thousand Island yeah. be in Italian? Uh, mille Islas. Ah. <laughs> would you like some Mille Islas dressing? <laughs> Because that's Italian th- thousand island dressing. Yeah. Right here, it's in the mix of the. That's nah, better. That's good. Turista italiana. Turista italiana. Well, no, not because <laughs> that's just the Italian tourist. Yeah, you have no a thousand island. Uh, oh, you want the, yeah, yeah. You want to have the t- Italian yeah visit the thousand islands. Yeah, I like that. It's a good name. Yeah, yeah. So I think you've invented something. Oh, thanks, thanks. Yeah, it's good though. I, I like it. And you eat that still. I still I still eat it. Yeah. So do you, well. See, here's here's my problem with that. Mm. Is uh, you're you're you know a grown uh, man? You, no, well, yes, you're a grown man. <laughs> yes, 
but your two fists in your dressings. Okay. And to me, this is waste of space, waste of time. Mm. Like, you should be combining those two dressings into one bottle, oh. shaking that up, and then you've got the thing, and yeah. everyone will be like... But Lisa doesn't like it, so I couldn't, I couldn't uh, okay, do that. What does she th- have? She just says, plain, plain Thousand Islands. She will not... Okay. She doesn't go down my street. That's fine. My Italian dressing street. That's fine. And you're not going to save the amount of bottles. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think you got something there. Now, I'm more going to complain about the coleslaw, the bottle of coleslaw sauce. It's been in the fridge since the girls were in kindergarten. I think that's where I'm more concerned about. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that still in the fridge? I, th- I think to myself, <laughs> after Lisa cleans out the fridge, I'm like, why is this bottle still here? It feels like it's been here forever. Yeah. Is this an antique now? Is this vintage yeah, coleslaw it'll dressing? Yeah, so, it'll become yogurt soon. It's become collectible, I think. Yeah. It's just a... Uh, millennials was, love it. I had a, my friend Wendy... Uh, one day I was over to her place and she was like, uh, would you like some coleslaw? And I was like, oh, yes, yes, please. Okay, I'll make some. I'm like, wait, how do you make coleslaw? I was like, this seems crazy. Yeah, and so she Cabbage took... and uh, coleslaw dressing. Well, that's the thing. Which is like, <laughs> what do you mean coleslaw dressing? Yeah. Like, So she chopped, yeah, she chopped up cabbage yeah. real fine mm-hmm. and then put it in a bowl. And then she took out some craft, yeah, coleslaw dressing. And we're like, yeah, yeah that's dressing... To make your salad taste like coleslaw. Yeah. Yeah, but you can use it to make coleslaw. And I was like, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, you got to make that from scratch. No, no, no. You just pour this dressing onto your uh, cabbage, mix it up. Yeah. You got some coleslaw there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Changed my damn life. Blew your mind. Changed my damn life. I'm making coleslaw at home. Then I found out yeah. you could buy shredded cabbage. Yeah. And it was cheaper than buying cabbage. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's just coleslaw with the dressing. It got, well, but I do. Yeah. And as a very poor person at the time, it's yeah. like, I can eat a lot of this and feel okay for a while. I don't feel so good because you've ate that much cabbage. <laughs> That's too much cabbage. Yeah. 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 You are very It's regular. not in the blue zone. <laughs> no. Eating purple cabbage. It, something, something blows uh, eventually. <laughs> do you know who makes the best Italian dressing? The Greeks. <laughs> Surprisingly not. Okay. Uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Newman's own. Makes also the makes best. the best Oreos. Oh, I've never had their Oreos. That's the Newmanos. The Newmanos. Okay. Try it. Try them, and like you'll be surprised at how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, but you're very impressed with uh, Paul yeah, Newman. It's really good. It's really good. I mean, it's always kind of pricey buying their their dressings, but it goes to charity. It's worth it for the Italian dressing. I've never tried their Thousand Islands. Actually, maybe I should. Maybe I'll be impressed by that. It would be really nice if like Robert Redford had an Italian uh, a Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> Isn't he you part could, of it? And, with and the... you could just mix those two together, yeah, and just like got yeah, a nice Butch and Sundance yeah. dressing. Yeah, yeah, tahini, Butch and Sundance, Sundance tahini. They, I mean, if Robert Redford was never involved with Newman's Own, like as as a charitable enterprise, that seems crazy to me that he wouldn't like ch- chip in some appearances or whatever because it's for charity. It is. Well, he's got his own stuff. He's got Sundance. He's got to take care of other things. I know, but Sundance isn't a charity. It's a, it's Does a, money, Sundance have dressing? It's a money spinner. Right. Was, do you think he got into it because he wanted to be like uh, bringing in the bucks? That was his whole idea? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so. He's competing against Paul Newman. I think uh, I think he was, you know, it was something that he Original name for film. Sundance? Redford's own. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's so, the thing. That's why, that's why uh, Robert Redford wouldn't be part of Newman's own. Because <laughs> it's like clearly, hey, back off. Yeah, yeah. Like, the dressing could be called back off, Rob. Yeah, but there's other people involved. Like it wasn't just Paul Newman. That he was his, his face and name were used because he was the most handsome. Well, he's a very handsome man, obviously. But also not as handsome as handsome as Robert Redford. Mm. No, nope, 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 nope. Paul Newman's always the second eyes. most handsome. 
It's very beautiful. Let's Listen, this. if you could take those eyes out of Newman's head, which Wait, was man. in the will, and yep. they refused to do it, yeah. Uh, and put him into Robert Redford's face, <laughs> then uh, we would have had really something. But yeah, in, in in his day, Robert Redford was was good looking. You're right. Yeah, was a, was yeah. jaw droppingly good looking. Three Days of the Condor, mm-hmm. Push Cassidy, yeah, that era. The one where the Twilight Zone, where he shows up as death, and the woman's like spoilers, and the and the woman goes, yeah, fine, like I'm good. You see, I'm de- yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm going to be taking you to. That's okay. That's fine. I don't need to, to hear. Yeah, you had you had me at face. He's so good looking. Yeah, that's fine. You don't care if he's going to kill you. Do you want to know if you're going to heaven or hell? Don't give a shit. Yeah. Listen, I'm just going with you, right? <laughs> yeah, but just a couple of blocks, and then I'm going to drop you off at that. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Okay. We're wasting time here. She's got her shawl on. <laughs> put go. her shoes on. Yeah. Got her bag. Doesn't care. Yeah. It's fine. I can't remember my reaction to that episode. It's been a long time since I saw it. There's some episodes where I was just like, oh, that's fantastic. And other episodes, I was just like, ugh. This is corny. This, this is the worst one to me. Yeah. Was the one where a guy shows up somewhere and someone goes, hey, what's behind that door? Uh, I'm going to ruin a, an episode of Twilight Zone for you. Oh, uh, it's at the, at the monastery. What's behind that door? The, oh, don't the open that door. Why? That's yeah. the devil. The devil's mm-hmm. behind that door. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then, like, he gets convinced by the devil to open the door. Yeah. And, uh, and then uh, watches as a guy turns into the devil. Like, like the most cartoonish yeah, yeah. on the side of a can of ham. <laughs> that like he just the becomes Underwood a, devil. He becomes like so cartoonish <laughs> yeah. that the last one should be him as hot stuff mm. in a diaper, just going, Hi everybody <laughs> and this is like disappear on like a little flame bike. Yeah. Uh, but I like, yeah, I like that episode. And the whole thing was like, Don't open the door. Mm-hmm. Might be the devil in there. Yeah. Well, you let the devil out. That's yeah. your thing. And then just pan over to, you know, uh, uh, Serling. It was like uh, immoral. Um, sometimes <laughs> there, there what we wish for isn't what we. Uh, you're tempted. The thing you want isn't. I got. It was the devil. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Listen. There's gonna. And then he turned to us and went, "Look, there's gonna be one in the future, and like I'll be dead, and it's gonna be like uh, everyone walking around a warehouse, and then they're gonna open an elevator door, and there'll be a giant spider in there, and then the spider's gonna eat them, and that's gonna be an episode. So you know, it's kind of like that." <laughs> You know, it's like, uh, what's the moral? I don't fucking know. The moral it's, is you can't win them all. The moral is some shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do and remember that And then Rod Serling turns to the devil who's there and mm. the devil goes, wait. And Rod Serling goes, wait, am I in hell now? And the devil goes, ha ha, wah wah, <laughs> gotcha. And I'm like, oh, I get it. And it's all fine. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing that one and thinking it was uh, fine episodes. What did you think that... The moral twist reason. I don't know if they even need a moral for the story. For a Twilight Zone episode? I think there's always a moral. You gotta have a reason. You gotta Does have something. Hmm. Just like there's gotta be something at the end there where Rod Serling goes, you know? Yeah. And then this here we go. The moral was the devil made him do it. That's it. That's where that whole whole exp- expression came from. Mm-hmm. That was everywhere in the nineteen seventies. And every iron on patch in the back of a comic book. Uh, there's that little the devil made me do it and then and then the uh, the monk who was holding the devil the whole time was like yeah. ugh it's like okay listen <laughs> go back and get him again just do me a favor yeah. and don't open this door because Surtur is behind that and he's going to unleash Ragnarok I'm like okay Surtur hey let me out okay <laughs> stop it stop letting out <laughs> what's your name Fred Pandora yeah and who's who's in the third door Henry Kissinger really <laughs> so let me out. Um, okay. 
come on. It's, uh, you know, they you say know, that power have... is the greatest aphrodisiac. <laughs> like, what, are you flirting with me, Henry Kissinger? I'm young, Henry Kissinger. I don't think that matters. <laughs> yeah. What was the best Twilight Zone episode? There was one where it was a, a racist town. I remember it was like an hour long, which is not normally a good mm. idea. And uh, yeah, there was this like uh, darkness that was coming over the town that I think was caused by their own racism. Okay. And it was like, it played out like a play and it yeah. was quite, that one was quite good. But I also like uh, William Shatner looking out the window at uh, the Oh, that's a very good way. one. Yeah, that's a good one. One I like a lot, it's not like a world change or anything, but there's one where this guy, his life isn't great or whatever. And he's just, he works in a bank and then he goes to buy a newspaper and he puts a coin into the, to pay for the paper and it lands on its edge, stands mm-hmm. upright. And then after suddenly you can hear people's thoughts and he's able to like foil a bank robbery and yep. and just you know his life's right back like he's able to his day goes great basically he gets a promotion the woman he loves he's able to finally approach her and she she is agreeable to him and 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 then when, at the end of the day he goes to buy a evening newspaper unbelievable people bought two newspapers a day what the fuck anyway he throws the coin and knocks the coin over and the guy's like oh it's too bad he goes it's okay it's done it's you know it's done yeah. all it can do and. That's a good, I like that episode. It's really well, good. Well, that is good. The, the one I've made fun of the most, which I probably even talked about on here, but I also made fun of it in a Futurama comic, was the one where it's the uh, gambler who, uh, you know, is uh, every time they're gambling, they're winning and they're getting everything they want and girls yeah. like them. And it's like, ah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got this kind of uh, Sebastian Cabot type devil who's there. It's yeah. not Sebastian. Maybe it is Sebastian Cabot. Uh, and... Uh, and then uh, he turns to the 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 guy at, at one point and just like, you know what? I'm winning all the time. I'm just winning all the time. It means nothing no more. I just, this is awful. You know? Because he knew he was dead. Yeah. He's like, how is this heaven? And then the uh, the guy goes, who said this was heaven? Yeah. Oh, and then there's a trumpet that goes, <laughs> and it's not wah wah, but it's close to wah wah. to wah wah as you uh, get and, uh, and the guy's, no! And, yeah. and you think about, and my thought on that, all this was, you know, okay, so you got a guy next door who's in the pit of eternal flame. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's that guy got? <laughs> all the beautiful women he's, he could want. Yeah. He's like, he's he, got bored monotony. Yeah, That's what he's nothing, his problem. It's, yeah, he's a little dull. He's a little, things are a little dull. He gets all the food he wants. He mm. gets, it doesn't gain a pound. He's got yeah. beautiful women who want to have sex with him. And he's winning all the time at all the games he wants. It's just like, ugh. Uh, but uh, he can't be satisfied because he's a gambler. Yeah. Oh, that poor sack of shit, huh? Oh, my God. Did he get an ironic trumpet sound? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll really get him. <laughs> Not like this burning forever that i am got with that. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry, someone stabbed me in the butt with a pitchfork. Yeah. Ugh. But maybe maybe this version of hell, there is no burning place. Yeah. There is. This really doesn't like uh, show up in Dante's Inferno. Yeah, it's like you know level seven and a half, sure. which is everything you want, but it's not exactly what you want. Sure. It's just like, uh, but it's not Dante's Inferno. Isn't it? It's the is doesn't Pepsi, refer to is fire. Pepsi okay. Remember that uh, in, Inferno is a word. We've taken Inferno from Dante and turned it into fire. Yeah, but in Dante there is no fire. Like okay. there's not a fiery place. But, all, the but infernal is it refers to but infernal. But there's torture in every level, and there is one level yeah. that's like a cold level where everyone's freezing, which is as fire. <laughs> let's be honest. You sure. know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah. they're all getting tortured. So seven and a half. That's the is Pepsi okay level. It was like, oh, but they wanted a Coke. And like, no, no Coke for you. You just get almost what you want. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, fine. Let's <laughs> tell. And then everyone back to the screaming and torture and the razors. <laughs> that makes you think of. Um... 
I don't know why that it makes me think of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who wrote a book called The First Circle. Because what's sort of interesting with him is like he was he was fighting World War II. He wrote some insulting letters about Stalin to a, fe- a fellow commander. He was like a officer. Okay. He wrote some insulting letters about Stalin to another officer, making fun of Stalin. Of course, these were intercepted and read by the what probably was at that time the NKVD, the precursor to the KGB. And he was he and really his, efficient cutting one of the letters out. Yeah, that's a big a money saver. Got a lot. Making the jackets, sure. making the signs. Good job. Twenty five percent savings. You know what, uh, uh, Ivan, you you get a promotion. Good job on that idea. Well, it's good because the original one was called OGPU, which is OGPU, which is kind of a funny name. And really, they were just like, no, no, we can't. And they had skunks as their logo. (laughs) They can't go to doors going, open up, it's (laughs) OGPU. So, um, but anyway, he got arrested. He and his friend got arrested and he got sent to Siberia. And he was working, he was there in, you know, the work camps, uh, working on building a hydroelectric dam in Siberia. Let me make as much noise as I can with this candy. And, of course, at that time, you know, when you go to these camps, they would they would make it seem like it was a real place, not just like a death camp, but they would make it seem like, oh, this is a, you know, you're going to you know, fill out this card and tell us what you want to do here and da-da-da. So, you, you know, so people would, like, fill out things like cook because they don't want to be outside working in the cold. They, you cook, you get to be inside the warmth. And so, so everyone who went there was a cook or whatever. And so he did that when he first started. He wrote Cook and just like everyone else trying to worm their way into various things. And eventually he just reached this point of like, this, I don't know if he's giving up or just reached sort of a moment of like clarity. And he just wrote his actual profession, mathematician. He just wrote that on the card. He's a mathematician. And suddenly he was like plucked out of this hellscape and put into this cushy prison, which we called the first circle, like the first circle of hell, right. uh, Dante reference, where it was a scientific uh, prison camp. And it was quite comfortable, of course, because these are all scientists and stuff like that. But what you were doing was creating things for the state. And so people were working on like a way to make telephone calls much more clear so that the, so the secret agent, like the NKVD or whoever, could recognize, could identify people by, by voice so they could arrest them. And so you're, yes, you've got out of the prison camps, but now you're working in a way even more nefariously for the, for the government by creating things that are going to oppress everyone. And so in this in the book and in Solzhenitsyn's real life, eventually he like decided he didn't want to be there anymore and he just like requested to be put returned to the work camps. And that's what happened to him. He got sent back to the work camps and back into like the yeah. the death camps basically where he didn't die, but uh, he eventually was exiled rather than put into camps. He was sent to some back backwards place. Uh, yeah. But I don't know why that made me think of that, but yeah, just sort of an interesting, that is interesting. story uh, it's gonna be, that I once read. It's going to be a weird... Well, okay, good. You gave me a tangent <laughs> uh, or a segue. Sure. Because I was like, there's no way this segues into this thing at okay. all. But, you know... It's the color red. You know, there you are. Uh, but this is something I read this oh, morning. Okay. Because uh, I've been I've been enjoying uh, Strike Force Five this uh, podcast. Did I tell you about this podcast? No, I don't think so. It's a podcast with um, Oh yeah, you told me Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, Seth okay. Meyers, oh. uh, and John Oliver. So all the late night people. It's all the late night people, and it's to raise money for their staffs. Oh wow! So uh, it's them talking about like their first shows mm. and different experiences, and it's really interesting because yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. All these people who are peers and have these experiences, yeah. that only they've had, and mm-hmm. you know, describing uh, th- like here's a thing that I found interesting. 
was a, a kind of a standard thing to do on a talk show is you've got multiple uh, sets of chairs. Yeah. And like if you've got a chair and a couch as your uh, talk area. Yeah. Different sizes for different guests. So if Shaquille oh. O'Neal comes on, yeah. they bring out the bigger chair, but also they bring out the bigger couch. So everything looks comparable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Shaquille O'Neal doesn't look weird okay. on this thing. Or if you got a smaller yeah. person, you you do kind of a, a, a similar situation. Yeah. And I like the description, uh, the idea. Oh, the other, the other thing they've got is... Um, they got uh, the same chairs that they have on stage, backstage. So for women to sit in and see, oh, this dress doesn't work at all. Okay. I can't sit in this oh, dress. Wow. So they can, you know, okay, let's fix that now. So they're bringing like a various dresses, like a change of clothes? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you can see, oh, this looks, oh, okay. So I shouldn't sit like this. Yeah. So I should only sit like this. Good to know. Uh, but uh, I like Seth Meyers was uh, describing the idea of like what you should do is you should have uh, a chair that's like uh, much bigger backstage. You put them in there, like, this is what the chairs are like. And then when they're on stage and it's such a tight <laughs> chair, they're like, I'm going crazy. <laughs> what happened to me? Something's, exp- something's that, expanded. That makes me think of the time that uh, Tina Fey deconstructed herself on David Letterman in kind of the last yes. couple weeks of his show where she revealed like how you prepare yourself and she's you know so she took off her dress and revealed like her spanks that she was wearing and the things that the push-up bra and all the rest of the things that yeah. she would wear to to get yourself which also had a semi-sexy element to it that sure, letterman course. was uh, yeah, all yeah. about yeah yeah uh, but i was, was all about it too there was a thing in uh, uh rolling stone today that was a takedown of jimmy fallon okay and uh boy it's about time Someone said some mean things about Jimmy Fallon. They, uh, yeah, they went to his staff and uh, no one had anything good to say. It was like <laughs> things are, uh, they got uh, rooms there. They call crying rooms for the guests because so many people have like kind of breakdowns. Uh, no one was saying anything. Is positive. this true? Is this yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. No one was saying anything positive about him. Yeah. There was a lot of like hints at, you know, there's a lot of alcohol abuse that's like really getting into things, which, mm. you know, makes me feel real bad for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of these, oof, yeah. real, real negative uh, kind of things. And it does feel like, you know, not to excuse bad behavior, but if it is, you know, alcohol or, you know, addiction based or that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff, then yeah. I feel for like everybody and every and everybody. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it sounds like, oh. you know, really toxic. I thought it was just like there. a takedown of him as like, just being banal or whatever, and it's from you know. Nope. This it, is was, like a... <laughs> it was like it's like just an incredibly wow. hard place to work. Wow. And he flips out easily. Mm. And there was like an example apparently where uh, Jerry Seinfeld was on the show, and uh, something went wrong with like a cue card, and mm. Jimmy started yelling at the cue card guy, and Jerry just went, "You should apologize to him." Wow. And uh, and 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 he did. Yeah. And then that guy all got cut out of the show. Yeah. But they inter- they talked to Jerry Seinfeld. You're, you're interpreting it completely wrong. This is you know he he was you're just trying to do a takedown piece. This is this is bullshit. Don't don't do this. And so yeah, he was attacking the concept behind this oh, okay. very thing. Yeah. Which maybe is the case. Yeah. Like, I've got mixed feelings on this. Like one, you know, yeah, you should uh, talk about a toxic environment. That should be exposed. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, two, if he's got an alcohol problem, that's a different situation. Mm-hmm. And I really hope he gets help with, with that. Yeah. And, but three, this is what the internet does. Uh, <laughs> they 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 feed on, you know, a taking down celebrities. Yeah. And like, what's yeah. what's Ellen really who's like? Who's next? Yeah, we're, who's next? <laughs> yeah. And they, and they got to feed on one a day. Arr, arr. <laughs> and so even if yeah. this wasn't the case, it would probably be the case mm-hmm. that the internet would go after him. So I feel kind of bad about that. Also, that 
he won't have a show for weeks to months yeah so there's no uh, chance to you know speak up on this sure. or make amends or yeah, yeah. anything like that which yeah. is which is too bad but it made me think at the time it, this which is the time was this morning yeah the hours ago uh aside from the few seconds that conan o'brien was uh, the host has there ever been a non-toxic uh, or a good time to be working on the tonight show mm. like it seems like that environment you know the basis for was it you know, terrible? The Gary Shandling show. Okay. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. it's okay, like, yeah. it's like all ego and. Mm. Oof, you I always know? thought Shandling was more a letterman, but uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Then, uh, then... The kind of really neurotic. Cause I, I never felt like Johnny Carson was super neurotic, but I don't, I don't really know much about the show. Actually. I was never like a super fan of the tonight show. I never really watched it. Well, I mean something like, I don't know very much Joan, about him. Okay. Joan Rivers, you know, going and doing a rival talk show and then him never talking yeah, to him again yeah, and that's, losing his yeah, shit. Yeah. There was a lot of examples of it. If you sure. pissed Johnny off, he was a vengeful guy mm, okay. who would like fuck fuck up your career. Yeah. And then he was really, you know, a womanizer, you know, on set to like, you know, the girls backstage. Okay. You know, and there's a, like a sexy guest who would move. And so there, <laughs> that was that was part of the, I get the time. Yeah. But, you know, and then you get to, to I'm going way, way back. But like, uh, what's his name? The guy who left because of the water closet. Uh, Jack Parr? Jack Parr. You yeah. know, Jack Parr was apparently a real son of a bitch. Mm. You know? Uh, yeah, it's also know really Steve... neurotic. And you were, you were talking about Steve Allen yeah. last, last I've, week. I've, uh, yeah, glad you brought that up because I'm, I'm going to uh, side with you on the Elvis uh, Ellen okay. thing. I think you're right. I think, I think it was intended as good-natured ribbing, not as, a, not as an insult. Okay. Anyway. I haven't heard a lot of bad things about Steve Allen, except for where he became kind of a priss in later life. Yeah, like, you, he, you know, know, but that's that's that's, that's, that's get life. older. Yeah, let's get older, and let's not judge someone's youth yeah. by their by the by their is. Because I mean, he like I was thinking kind of when after when I was driving home from the show, I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, because that doesn't seem like his character. Like he had Lenny Bruce in the show several times, and even had a, like almost a whole show of Lenny Bruce, where Lenny Bruce was allowed to like improvise stuff, and they did like. Yeah bits together and and it was like apparently very very kind of pioneering as like tv comedy and so i was just kind of thinking like i, I don't know if he was didn't feel like he was like a jerk just felt like he, i mean i'm sure every person who's in those that position can be a jerk because there's so much pressure on them you know like like obviously they have a lot of people around them who are cushioning them from some of the pressure but there's still a lot of pressure on right. any of those people. Jack Parr. I'd have to yeah, ask a Cliff, Cliff Nestor off about that. Yeah. Probably have some stories. Sure. I mean, and, I and yeah, you what you what you find is good counterculture rebellion. Yeah. In your youth, uh, when that is counterculture rebellion, <laughs> and when you're older, yeah, uh, you are the culture that's being countered. Exactly, and, and then it it's. Feels, I mean. Let's Where ask I, Bill Maher how he feels about this. Yeah, this is very Bill Maher-ish. <laughs> uh, my feeling with like Steve Allen is because he was such a prolific guy. Yeah, you know he was writing books about this. Like yeah. this one of his books that was Vulgarians at the Gate. Sure, which was like taking down the culture of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you know Grandpa just had a couple of like words yeah. to say over dinner. It's like he was actively writing books about this subject, and this yeah. was something yeah. he really felt. So I don't feel like. Oh, leave him alone. He was just, these were his thoughts. That he just thought, <laughs> no, no, this was stuff he was putting into books. And yeah, yeah. But so Steve Allen is kind of like gets a, gets a, uh, you know, no, uh, a gimme. That's a fine. get out of jail free card. A get out of jail free card. Then you got Jack Parr, who apparently was like a real jerk to people, especially sure. like, 
you know, was it who's his sidekick? Was it Re- Regis Philbin? Might have been. I don't remember, but yeah, been and left like him and like all the staff hanging. Mm. You know, when he stormed off. Okay. You know, and like, oh, that's not that's not really good. Yeah. Then you're getting into your. He kind of hung himself too. So. Yeah. <laughs> then you're getting into your Johnny Carson, and you're getting into your Jay Leno. Yeah. And you know, Jay Leno was Jay Leno like a real toxic. Um, well, Jay Leno had the agent, not agent. Yeah, the agent. Yeah, his manager. Yeah, his yeah, manager who yeah. did all the dirty work for mm-hmm. him, and he would like, hey, I don't know, she's just doing the thing. We should fire her. I wish I could, but what could I do? I don't know. She's doing a lot of really shitty things. Yeah, listen, I, know. I went to a monastery and opened the door. I can't help it. That's right. I don't. Uh, Hugo's beating up people. I don't control Hugo. I think you do. You hire Hugo and pay his salary. I know. And sometimes he like just runs amok and starts smashing things. But like, what am I gonna do? Fire him. Uh, you know, but it's Hugo. I'm like, <laughs> I think you're responsible for Hugo. So yeah, he's he's always had like kind of that blanket of yeah, yeah. whatever. But Just then deni- he's the guy who goes, yeah. you can have the Tonight Show. And it's like, great, I've got the Tonight Show. Hey, um, if anyone wants me, I'll be here to do the Tonight Show. This all fails. Yeah. Like, oh, that seems like a real sack of crap thing to do. Why don't you go do another network who's uh, uh, leave us alone. Man, anyone wants me to be... Uh, and then he takes over again. Yeah. So it feels like, you know, it's it all seems like bad stuff, but has it ever been not bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, I don't want to excuse bad behavior as well, but I don't think any of us can conceive of the amount of pressure that's on you doing these sort of legacy shows where you're carrying not just your own show's weight, but the weight of all the shows that have come before you. Well, then you know? I would present to you the idea of like a Seth Meyers or a Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. you know, who both have legacy shows yeah. Uh, yeah. and see- seemingly yeah. are not uh, garbage bags. Sure. Like seem to, especially like Seth Meyers, his writers, you know, seem to get a lot of opportunities. They get to be put on camera a lot. Yeah, yeah. They get a lot of spin-off things that they can do to help their careers and mm-hmm. go forth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think uh, there's examples of yep, don't yep. be don't yeah. be garbage. Sure. And even Jimmy Kimmel, who you know, once upon a time hosted the Man Show, he's terrible you... to Matt Damon. Oh yeah, I don't it's know been if... the worst thing that's happened to Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you yeah. hear that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon offered to pay his writers? Like they no, went to Jimmy Kimmel. That. Yeah, they went to Jimmy Kimmel oh, and really nice. offered to pay for pay their salaries for the time they were on strike. But Kimmel said it's okay. We're covering it, so don't worry. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Anyway, they, they hate each other as far, as far as I can tell. There's, I mean, there was another writers' strike. When when was that one? Was it 2008? It was in the earlier than that because that's when Top Ten started because David Letterman didn't have any writers, so he started Top Ten as a way to. Oh, he was doing Top Ten before. No, no, that started during the writer strike. The original, I guess, maybe even earlier than an earlier writer strike. What do you? Yeah, okay, that that very well could be. Yeah, but Top Ten, Top Ten started. Okay, no, 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 because like uh, he brought that to the late show mm-hmm. from late night yeah, yeah so i mean that's been forever but yeah. i remember like the so the, obviously there was an earlier writer there was, was yeah. the the head of the writers guild uh in the last strike was a fella who was an, a writer on the futurama comic book okay and uh and the futurama tv show so that was a weird thing for me was like yeah when my issues were coming out i was alternating kind of with the writer who is yeah, yeah. the head of the writers guild I'm like, oh, that's in- that's interesting yeah and uh you know the rumor was he did not do the best job in the world and uh what and as, a, as a oh, as a union uh, as rep? a union rep and okay. it went on for longer than it should have okay and what, what have you yeah. and uh and, uh and 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 what have you but <laughs> my 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 thoughts on on that are 
you know, so Jay Leno at that point had the Tonight Show. Yes. Was like solidly in the Tonight Show thing. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, and maybe he did. I wonder if he paid his uh, his writers or not, because it was always a big thing of like when he was coming back was like these writers need jobs and my staff <laughs> needs jobs, which is why I'm coming back because they care about their jobs. Yeah, and you know his thing has always been that he never gets paid for the show. He doesn't collect his salary for the show. He just puts it in the bank. Yeah, which is still collecting your salary. <laughs> um, Wait, but he doesn't have it. The Scro- bank has Scrooge it. Scrooge McDuck doesn't spend a dime. No, he doesn't. He puts it all in his big vault yeah, and he swims in it. He swims, he doesn't, it's not his money. No, Any, very, anyone yeah. could swim in it if they, yeah, if they knew how to get into his if vault. If they knew how to get into it and got yeah. past the guns. Yeah. Um, it's all, if they're it's, not it's Beagle Boys. But I wonder if uh, like he took any of that uh, you know, uh, talk show money and uh, paid the writers. Maybe he did. Maybe we don't did. know. We we could probably look it know. up, but we're not going to. And there <laughs> we, we are, and there we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that those things would occur to people to occur to very wealthy people to act like human beings. Yeah, my feeling with the Jimmy again. I I don't want to come across as a you know apologist for a toxic environment. Yeah, and yes, please say shit that's gone down. Yeah, please get that stuff taken care of. Wait, oh. wait till they come and talk, talk to me about the backs backs. Uh, Behind the scenes stuff Actually, in the show. Actually, here? Yeah. You shut your damn face. <laughs> I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> yes. You're so pretty. You're so Thanks. pretty. I just Thanks don't like it when you complain. You're too. You're so pretty you shouldn't be complaining. Okay. You Thank, got a really pretty thank face. Thank you. I, I feel quite complimented and feeling much better. Good, now. good, good, good. We should yeah. go away sometime. We should go on a trip. We'll do that. We'll go on a nice trip. Yeah, sounds great. Do you like great. jewelry? <laughs> shut up. Don't, t- don't say nothing. Getting creepy. Everything's fine. What? What's creepy? <laughs> I don't know. I was huh? just feeling this. The, the, you the doing vibe. podcast? The What's the this horse is... mysteries bullshit? <laughs> What's going on with that? Okay. Oh boy. Uh, but when when I've watched his show, yeah. almost everything that I see, you know, where it's like uh, it's over the top, you know, uh, support of things, where he's way too happy about things. Yeah. And, you know, all these segments, they just really plan to the letter segments. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything about it just feels like, oh, this is not a lot of confidence. Mm. This is this is all safety, safety, yeah, safety. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's the person overreacting at a party mm. who's like someone tells a joke and they go, ha, you're the best. That's this guy. He's the funniest. I'm like, okay, everything's... Are you all right? How's it going? You okay? You seem like... Yeah, seem mm, a little on edge. You seem a little... Yeah. What are you, you drinking? How much are you drinking? Oh, that's good. Okay, that's fine. So, you know, it wouldn't yeah. be surprising that someone who is uh, that... Like, doesn't have that confidence mm. uh, would be a real tough person to work for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a possibility. That all makes some you're, sense. Yes, you. he can't make a mistake. Yeah. When you see Letterman he now and he talks mistake. about his past, it all is just like this thing of insecurity. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you were really hard to work with yeah. and for. Yeah. Uh, Which he and, acknowledges, too, now. Oh, like absolutely. It seems, it seems interesting. Like, there's more self-awareness there. And he, and he just says, you know, it just seems so important at the time yeah. to do what was essentially like a dumb show. You know, but it's just felt so important, you know, that we get this... Dumb thing. And it meant nothing. And this, <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, again, I keep bringing up Neil Brennan and the Blocks podcast. Yes, but that's right. something he said to Letterman it. was, and he said this to a couple other people too. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the other famous person he said this to, but uh, that you've got uh, career dysmorphia. Oh, yeah, know? yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. You can't see the you impact. Can't, and you can't and see can't. what, yeah, you can't see what was good about it, you know, yeah. It's all bad, you know. Yep. Yeah. I, you were I can totally see that. But I'm, you know, I imagine having 
not met his mom, but seen his mom on the show, I can see someone who is probably very critical of, of David Letterman when he was growing up, you know, and that makes it hard to see yourself as, it's hard to see your value in that kind of upbringing if you grow up in a place where what you do is not good enough, you know, like in, it's like, you know, it's the Midwestern way, passive aggressive. It's when I, this is one of the reasons I do like the Strike Force Five is you listen to them talking, mm-hmm. and, and you, you said felons on it, yeah, and you can and you can really pick up from that uh, who's kind of the healthiest, mm. and uh, and and they do one of the things they did bring up on the first show was you talking mentally healthiest, uh, yeah, maybe or yeah. just like physically healthy, like, like well, you know, I mean, who's I don't eating know, the best? I don't know, like uh, you know. Uh, if alcoholism, you would count that mental. Who's having physical. the purple yams? That's a question. Yeah, who's purple yamming it? <laughs> but one of the things they said off the top was, we have a very different relationship than the last generation of talk show hosts. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, you yeah. sure do. But I think it's a different relationship amongst comedians, too, though. Like, I think... Oh, explain. Well, I just think that comedians in the past were way more about insulting each other even if it was meant in jest, there was a certain aggressive element to having to one-up each other in these sort of games of dozens, you know, mm-hmm. as it used to be called, where, you know, like, I I get you and you get me and I get a little mad, so I have to, like, get a bit more of a dig in and then now you're mad at me and, we have to get, and it kind of has that aggressive kind of jockey right. element to it, you know, where it feels like these were guys, sort of alpha guys who, like, rose through the ranks to be where they are, you know, and didn't really care whose heads they were stepping on as they got there. And... And I don't feel like that's just, I don't feel like comedy has that same kind of feeling to it now. Well, this the, of where everyone's last name, everyone's called by their last name, as if we're on more a team. Room to fuck up now. Like, yeah. I think like any appearance you would make on a talk show or whatever would be important. Your Merv Griffin would be important. Yeah. Everything that you say should be a setup for a joke, mm. pay off for a joke, and yeah. maybe there'll be one spontaneous moment when something goes wrong. Yeah. But you better have a zinger for it. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays, because of podcasts and whatnot, and maybe just the saturation yeah. of, of things, you get to know people more, and you get like mm. that couple of loose moments where it's yeah. just like, Ah, oh, now you're seeing the person. Yeah. But I and, think this thing comedy is different to be that too. too. Yeah, yeah. So, with the exception of a Jimmy Fallon, who's constantly, you know, <laughs> uh, just kind of pumping it up. We're having a party. Yeah, party, yeah. party, 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 party. Yeah. But like a Colbert or a Seth Meyers can like sit back for a second and just you know mm. ask, ask a real question. Sure. And let let a pause play yeah. out and yeah, but, and and be themselves. And Meyers more than Colbert, although Colbert does a little bit. Meyers, you know. Does the kind of lame monologue, which I don't really care for monologues personally, but uh, has that great closer look, you know, so it feels like something that's just his. Yeah. You know, that's more, you know. You couldn't see Johnny Carson just yeah. going, yeah, but I'm an idiot. I mm. don't know nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just a yeah. hick from bubba da Because he was a hick from bubba de Yeah. And so he didn't want to say I'm a hick from bubba de Yeah, whereas like a uh, Jimmy Kimmel would be just like, you know, talking to someone and just go, well, you could ask me, but, you know, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Not sure, you know, yeah. I'm going to try my best, but, mm. uh, you know, and he does know a lot about a lot. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like his his thing is, but I'm not smarter than yeah. someone around here and I'm going to put myself down first before mm. anyone else will. Letterman really... did to a degree, but yeah. it felt like he would never then relinquish control of, of, of things to another person. He would like constantly be tightly in control. Yeah. So like he could insult himself and maybe someone else could insult him like a share or a Madonna could insult him, mm-hmm. but then he'd have to like then take it back like a little bit later sure, on. Of course. Yeah. 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 That's just uh, another thing. I was just the nature of the comedy of the, of those, sure. of the, that time. 
and the amount of just time yeah like there's so much more time for comedy now there's so much more of it that you get to spread it out a little more and there's more variety I guess. and it can be more yeah. things but it's just weird like like a podcast like blocks the the neil brennan one is a example of where you know it's something unthinkable where comedians go in the past comedians going on to a show and talking about how they feel the mm-hmm. trouble they've had you know those sort of like exposing yourself in that way i just don't think would would have occurred to to like jay leno's of the past or david well, letterman's no of the past yeah yeah no he'll tell like when he was on he was just telling the same stories he always tells mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i and i under i understand that yeah like there's the mark Marin bit where he talks about uh, how you know the reason people become comedians is to control why people laugh at you mm. But there's this hunger, I think, with like performers to be seen. Yeah. And part of that is, but I want to control how I'm seen because I'm scared. I'm scared that you're going to laugh at me for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But in a podcast situation, you are seen and you're really seen. And people are asking <laughs> you questions. Yeah. You know, and th- they can f- they can feed on that. Mm. That is, num, 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 num. But this is all about you for a while and you're going to be telling personal things. Yeah. And people are going to care about real personal things in your life. And it's like, oh, okay. And it's also easier than the other thing where you have to make up a joke for everything. Oh, all right, that's... That's pretty good. And people still are caring. And the guy across from you is laughing. And yeah. you're getting that feedback. And yeah. sometimes it's from a, in front of a live audience and you're still getting that feedback. Oh, okay. So it just expands it all. Up. Yeah. And I think then talk shows reflect that now where yeah. they have to reflect that they're in a podcast world now. And if you're just joke, set up, joke, set up, then it looks like it looks hacky and shit. Yeah. No. And Jimmy Fallon gets mad. And- <laughs> Apparently, and gets it bad at his cue card person. This is interesting that Jerry Seinfeld would uh, step in in that situation. I was watching. I don't know. I never know why things show up in what I what I do online, but in my Instagram reels, which are just totally random, like just reflect sort of my interests. You know, like boobs. I got a lot of that on Instagram reels. Yeah, I got a lot of boobs on Instagram reels. Okay. It recognizes who I am as a person, my essential being. But it also, I always like when I yeah. go by a magazine shop where it's got like a big whole thing of magazines. Yeah. Uh, I, I walk by and I go like, I wonder if breasts are still popular. <laughs> yep. They are. There's a reason they call this a rack. <laughs> and then just keep walking and people go, who was that idiot? <laughs> like, I'm whistling. <laughs> you should be on a podcast. Yeah. Um, so, but I've been getting these things where it's like bloopers from the Seinfeld okay. show. And the one common thing amongst many of these bloopers is Jerry getting, I won't say mad, but impatient with people mm-hmm. for whatever they're doing. And often bringing up the fact that they make, they're they making a lot of money for making these mistakes. And it feels kind of weirdly ill-natured to be doing that on a show where, you know, you're working with people and, you you know, like you're you're working every day together. Like, why are you getting mad at Julia Louis Dreyfus for having a fit of the giggles in an episode, like you know, you know, just pointing out it's a thousand dollars a minute you're getting paid, you know, or whatever. Like, yeah, yet she's a human being who's having a fit of the giggles. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're getting paid, Jerry. Yeah, you're still a human being. Like, you may have absolute perfect control over every moment of your life, but not everyone else does. You know. No, that's a good point. Yeah, not, not everyone feel, has their sneakers tied as tight as you. I do. I guess my my if I was defending him, and Lord <laughs> please, knows, please do defend the nature. Defending the indefensible. <laughs> uh, here's what I would say. It's sure, before, to Jerry. Before we got to the point where there's that scene that they mm-hmm. got the giggles on. Yeah, 
him and Larry David have been putting together that script. Yeah. Or working uh, to supervise that script. Sure. Probably writing it, but you know, working to supervise it. Yeah. For weeks to months, mm-hmm. and like tightening it, tightening it, honing it, cutting yeah. it, doing it. Yeah. Until it just gets to the point. So you're. So you're. You, you've got this thing. You got this rocket. That's yeah. just like all the all the work. All the work. It's just getting to this one. Here's all we got to do is take it this one last inch over the thing. Yeah. And someone goes, whoopsie doodles. <laughs> and like kicks it. And it's just like, just fucking. Because they got But I mean, they're going to get the scene done. It's just going to take them a, you know, a no, couple of minutes No, but the problem longer. with that is what you're not going to get. Yeah. Is you're not going to get. Okay. So he's worked on this joke that he's proud of. Yeah. Uh, the audience has now heard that joke. Mm. The audience is going to hear that joke a second time. Yeah, they're not going to laugh at it like it's the first time. Mm. You know, and as a, as a comedian, he knows that. Yeah. So it's like, well, that joke just got fucked. Yeah, that joke that we worked on for forever is forever fucked. It will never play to this to a live audience and get the reaction that it would normally have gotten yeah. because uh, someone did that. And to a degree, sometimes with the actors, they like to have a little fun. Yeah. And and their fun is more important than the show. <laughs> and, you know, he's the person who actually knows all the budgeting and is just going, yeah. he sees the camera guy back there. He sees the producer. <laughs> he sees everyone else tapping sure. their feet. Sure. And no one can say shit to Julia Louis-Dreyfus except for him. Yeah. And so he's going to say a little something because like, Listen, there's a lot going. There's a lot of people working on this right now. So let's just let's just do this. You fuck this up. This is fucked up. This will never be as good as it could have been. Yeah. All right, we're going to forget about that. We're going to move on, but let's all and not do this anymore. Here we go. <laughs> and that's all I can think. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for defending Hitler. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> from my brief time, yeah. from my brief time being a showrunner on a sketch show, yeah. yeah, there were times where like the actors would start to complain about something minor, yeah, you know, about something in their outfit that isn't perfect, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you'd just be like, "Do you know how much fucking work <laughs> went into getting absolutely every aspect of this here?" And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't yeah. like your hat. <laughs> You don't like your hat, so we want to spend how much time on your hat because we got other stuff to do today. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want another hat? You want us to go look for a hat? All right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yes. Yeah. You, and you can't you, say fuck your hat. You are kidding. <laughs> yes, you cannot say that. I, I understand. I, I can see what you're saying. Like it is. There's a you know. You see, you see Roger in the beaver outfit. No He's one. He's wearing those fake teeth. That's cutting into his gums. Yeah. No one can care more about that show than Jerry Seinfeld cares about it. And that's that's for him to bear, and for him sometimes to to let to let out, you know. And he may not, you know, he's probably like like way less showing way less anger than he's actually feeling in that moment, or way less not anger. Let's say just impatience. Let's say impatience, you know, or, yeah. or disappointment. I think you know, at, like, I think oh, at his that's... heart, he's a stand up, mm-hmm. and when he's a stand up, everything is so trimmed down to I write the joke, I make the joke, yeah. I I present the joke. If the joke fucks up, it's yeah. my fault. And his, he does believe it's his fault. He doesn't believe it's the audience's mm-hmm. fault. There we go. And now we're going to be in another environment where there's all these other factors that you can't yeah. control. And so if there's someone who isn't giving the same amount of uh, energy and respect to this, yeah, gotta gotta straighten that out. Gotta straighten that out now because actors will be derp 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 yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I and I really brought that up because I'm impressed by him talking to, to Jimmy Fallon and saying you should apologize. To this person, because that's you know it balances out how I think about Jerry Seinfeld. I don't dislike him, I mm-hmm. you know, but I do think of him almost like a robot in my mind. Like that's how I, I can view give him. Give you a robot reason as well for why he would have said that. <laughs> well, 
that's not a spoiler, but sure, if you want to, if you want to, here's my, here's if you my, want to wreck okay. Jerry Seinfeld. If you want to, he's a human being, and he mm-hmm. saw someone's feeling get hurt. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you should say something to yeah. him. And yes, let's go with that. Is the real reason? But as a robot. But as a robot. <laughs> Robot sees audience uncomfortable. Okay. Robot sees audience right now not liking Jimmy. And okay. I'm on stage with Jimmy making <laughs> things hard for Robot. So unless apology is said, yeah. then audience will relax yeah. and can enjoy Robot. Robot cannot be funny because everyone feels there was an argument with Dad and everyone's tense sure. Sure. right now. And just let everyone's but assholes you, are clenched. Okay. That, okay. That's, that's... You know what? I accept that also because... Did you um, like my robot voice? I do like your robot voice very much. Would you like to hear it for the rest of the show? <laughs> I would like you to read in that robot voice, please. Okay. Um, this was, yeah, it's kind of Mr. Butlertron. <laughs> so, but Wesley. you know what? I have often heard people make fun of like clerks saying, have a nice day or how are you doing and stuff like that and going, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care how I feel. They don't care if I have a nice day or whatever. And my thought of it is, that's fine. I don't care if they really care. What I like is that they take the moment to acknowledge me as a person, to say, hi, how are you, or whatever. It doesn't matter how they feel about it. That's the same with, Jim, same with Seinfeld. Like, whether he is taking into account that person's feelings or he's taking into account his own situation, yeah. you know what? They co- they, ma- they mesh so that the meets anyway in a perfect point of, I, I'm showing care for that person and also yeah. my own interests. And that, that is fine. I am fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with robot Seinfeld or Seinfeld. Both are and I'm fine, fine with yeah. human Seinfeld. They both mesh in a way that, that's agreeable to me. So yeah. that, that's fine. I'm okay Agreed. with that. Agreed. Um, you brought up, um, you brought up, you brought up um, a basketball player a little while ago whose name I can't remember now. A basketball player? Yeah. Oh, Shaq. Sha- Shaquille okay. O'Neal because he has a big chair. Yeah, I think of him as more a video game star from the Shaq food series. <laughs> okay. And by that, I mean two different games. I think of it more as someone who stole Steve Nash's idea for a TV show and did it himself. But anyway. What was that? What's that? What was his TV show idea? Well, they were on the uh, Phoenix Suns together for, for, for a time. Shaquille okay. O'Neal and, and Steve Nash. And Steve Nash <laughs> told him he thought it would be like a fun idea for a show where he, as a person who doesn't know how to do something, would be taught how to do it and then try to do it oh, okay. for the show. And Shaq said, oh, that is a good idea. I'm going to steal that idea and do it myself. So that's what he did. His show was called My Hands Are Too Big. <laughs> he tried to do delicate work. and like, yeah. I, I'll just say real quick. Yeah. Uh, he walked by me once mm. and uh, you don't feel like you're the same. Like you feel like <laughs> I'm the smallest person in the world. I'm just, yeah, I can I'm imagine Peter that. Dinklage. He is very... Like this is interesting. Okay. But he does seem like a nice person though. He, I don't, was, he was nice. I don't want to like my put brief him, interaction him with him was very that. nice. Because it may be a case of where you heard someone say something and then you thought, oh, they're just like joking around. I think I could really make something out of this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. He might not have realized Steve Nash was like seriously thinking of doing sure. this. He might have just thought, oh, he's telling me this is like an idea that I could do. And that's just because he's a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, I went to see a taping of the Don Heron show and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. Oh, yeah. And uh, they talk about Bruce Lee. He did not, uh, okay. but this was... They were friends. When he was just walking, he was walking by, and uh, and and I, all I could see was chest. <laughs> yes. And so then I look I look up, mm. and my neck hurt a little bit. Wow. Like it was looking up, and I was yeah, like, yeah. ow, ow, that he's was a, a bit... He's a big guy. A, he's very, he's like, it, it's, it's like one of those things where you're like, that's too high up. Yeah. I'm looking up too high. And the thing is, as people who aren't that short, like we're not a couple of shorties. Right. I used to be shorter. When mm. I was younger. Yeah. Sorry to break that to you. I used to be a shorty. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, 
Name any height that's smaller than me. I was that once. <laughs> okay. Any height. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you were as a kid. A you were used to. I that. was a zygote once. But I mean, as an adult, like that's when was the greatest when of we all reached zys. our adult height, <laughs> whatever height you were. What do you say? You were the what? I was a zygote. I was the greatest of all zys. <laughs> Good. Sorry, I talked over it. Okay, I no, apologize. That's okay. Please continue. I apologize. This is a really you good want trip. to bash Shaq some more? I don't want to bash Shaq. I wanted to um, praise him. I just wanted to say that we're not used to looking up to people. That's we're true. used to like looking at the same level or down yeah. towards someone we talk to them. So like, I have a friend who's six eight. Yeah. And it's very hard to talk to him. Like, I, is I their to... name the same as mine? His name is the same as yours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And not only is he six eight, he's a perfectly proportioned six eight. Mm. Because there's some people who are tall that when you see them, you can tell, oh, that guy's a tall person. They might be very leggy or something about them that makes you think, oh, that guy's really tall. My friend isn't that way at all. If you saw him from a distance, you just think, there's a normal-sized person walking towards me. And then when he got closer, you'd be like, oh, holy shit, he's 6'8". <laughs> so, um, you start yelling, free! Yeah, get away get away free! from me. You're taller than me. I can't. Burn how, the how can I feel manly around you? And what's funny is like, I walking start with... Doing push-ups. Well, yeah, it's just immediately the thing. thing to, I gotta pump up. Uh, Lisa said this like when I'm walking with him, and she's like been like a distance from us. She goes, yeah. "It's like a dad walking with his kid." <laughs> I'm like, "Thank you, thanks, dear, thank you. That makes me feel a lot better." But um, no, I was gonna. The reason I thought I just it made it going from Shaquille O'Neal to a different sports person because I went and saw the movie Bottoms on the weekend. Do you okay, know this movie? Yeah. This is the uh, Fight Club. Uh, uh, two kind of two unattractive lesbians decide to start a uh, a self defense club, aka right. fight club, at school in order to become more attractive to or to attract cheerleaders to, yeah. towards them. Is basically the plot of the film. It's very fun. It's a very fun film. We went and uh, Lisa enjoyed it quite a bit, and so did I. But one of the surprise parts of the film for me was the performance uh, by an actor who plays the teacher, the teacher who they they kind of con into becoming the sponsor for their club, and there's. It's based on the idea of like, and you don't even have to come. Like, we'll just, you know, do stuff and you can just, you can just do your own thing. Don't, but he does show up and, uh, but it's played by Marshawn Lynch, who is a very famous in the NFL running back, played for the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. And he is hilarious in the film. Like, he is so good in the movie that it's, it's amazing. I, I was like, I didn't, I was like, who is this actor? This guy's really good. And like, at the end of the film, they have like kind of a blooper reel of stuff to introduce the different performers and that you know for him they had like him doing like a series of like like little jokes like you know come up with some yeah. funny jokes for this and he he just comes up with all these great stuff that they couldn't use because they're not judd apatow so they just chose like what they liked the best or what worked the best in that scene but you know they this like we can't let all this gold you know run out you know just be unseen so they just have it at the end of the during his credits and i'm like marshawn lynch what the hell this guy's a <laughs> football player but he's really good in the movie like really really good i was really impressed with him because the rest of the people are actors, and of course they're doing a good job and stuff like that. And yeah. funnily, uh, our friend Louise was recommending that uh, movie, Red, White, and Royal Blue, yeah, uh, with the two actors. But it's funny that the the actor who plays the British, the the British actor who plays the Prince Henry character, plays a football player, the the the, ah. the alpha quarterback. Yeah, because the film is it's based in a different time, so it's kind of retroish. Like kids have flip phones and not tablet phones and then um but it's also really like a heightened reality as well so everything is like 10 like so it's a football school at 10 maybe even 11 yeah. even nigel tufnell 11 like it's you know everything is like you know so there's a scene where this the jeff character the, the quarterback character gets injured 
not even really injured, but just pretending he's injured. And it just becomes like the biggest, the biggest scene in the world where the camera is like above looking down on them as like the one character like shakes his fist at the heavens, you know, how could this happen to us? You know, kind of situation. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun though as a film. I really, oh, cool. I, I recommend it. And it's called Bottoms. It's called Bottoms, yes. All right. Directed by a Canadian, Emma Seligman, written, co-written and directed by, by her with Rachel Sennett. Who, if you saw Bodies, 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 was quite good in that film as well. I did not, but I would like to see it sometime. It seems good. And a film that Mary said she could not enjoy because it made her so anxious uh, called Shiva Baby is also directed by Emmett Seligman starring Rachel Sennett, which you can see on Netflix for free if you have Netflix. There you go. So get to yourself to Netflix. So if you don't mind a movie that makes you very anxious and ill at ease, Mm -hmm. then that's a movie for you. All right. Make sure you're petting your cat at the time. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to read Letters. Because uh, I got to get back to work after this. Okay, and, uh, me too. I have to edit the show tonight because oh, no. Lisa and I are going to the island on a flying visit. Remember how we said we we're going to talk about that? Yep. And we, uh, we never did. Did we? We never did talk about. Oh, no, we're bad people. All right. Well, we'll talk about it when you get back. Uh, so the questions last week were: uh, What do you think is the biggest personal change? Your bi- biggest personal change since your twenties? Uh, oh. And uh, what's a cultural trend that you couldn't uh, get behind? And we have, let me see, uh, the amount of letters we got is a prime number, and it's one. So here we go. <laughs> wow. And that... Uh, that no number. one liked the questions from last week. No, I tried to... I looked up um, Dale Carnegie's questions people won't answer. Yep. And that was number one. Oh, darn it. Yeah. It I did there. not know he made a list of questions people Yeah, yeah. Answer. It was like uh, okay. questions that are real mood killers and will uh, <laughs> end conversations at a party. Okay. Yeah. We, we we cornered both of them then. Once you've made friends and influenced people, yeah. this is how to just shut that shit this down to, quick. Yeah. yeah. This is dissuasion, not the power the power of dissuasion. So, by the way, it's never too late to answer these questions. We'll, we'll answer them like yeah. weeks from now. Sure. Uh, Louise, uh, our pal previously mentioned in the show, says, I spent my 20s doing odd jobs in local theater. At the time, I felt like I wasn't doing all that much, but in retrospect, it was like an apprenticeship. I learned a lot from being around talented writers and performers and made a few good contacts who brought me on board their projects. So by the time I turned 30, the biggest and most surprising personal change was that I could call myself a working writer. A Gemini award-winning working writer. And other awards, too. She's not saying that. I'm saying that. Uh, when you asked what cultural trend uh, you couldn't get behind, what sprang to mind was the disco era. And it wasn't only me. The whole scene was parodied in its time. <laughs> uh, then last night, I happened to watch Minions, The Rise of Gru. No one just happens yeah. to watch. You plan you it. You, you dress have... up as your favorite Minion. Yeah, did you fall over the uh, Rise of Minions? Yeah, this is... A Rise of Gru, sorry. Yeah, none of this, none of this makes sense. Anyway. <laughs> uh, it's set in 1976 with a style so retro... In the opening titles, there was a disco ball instead of an O in the word Minions. I did enjoy the soundtrack, and, and one of the eyes was a line of cocaine. Really? Yep. Uh, I did enjoy the soundtrack and uh, all the pulp culture references, so maybe I'm more forgiving of the era now. It was the fifth highest grossing film of 2022. There you go. Wow. So that's the thing. If you don't write your movie, they're going to make another Minions. <laughs> and uh, and they will make two Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies as well. I got uh, an email. Okay, but let me just say real quick. Oh. Uh, if you get a chance to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Mutant Mayhem, do so. It's a very good film. I have not had a chance. I do want to see it. It, is, it is very good. And the artistic style is uh, delightful. Yeah, that's what I like about it. All right. Email away, my friend. Email away. Uh, this is from Laurel. Oh, nice. Yes, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, I guess she's not listening to the show anymore. But she wrote in. Everyone with Still an listening. L name wrote in. That's all that matters. 
oh, I did say that. I said just hell names. <laughs> that was your problem. Yeah. What the L? Uh, she says, you've got questions, I've got comments, and answers. That's her, that's her, her subject line here. So uh, Laurel writes, hi there, David, and Ian, and sneakers. Woo-hoo. I hope you have enjoyed a very good week. Last episode, you brought up David Brenner. I can't remember why, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Nor can we. Do we need an excuse? <laughs> we need a reason to bring up David Brenner. I just like uh, pretzels and hot mm. uh, mustard. <laughs> I saw him way back in his earlier career, 1972. Oof. At the Convocation Center on the campus of Notre Dame University. Is it, or is it Notre Dame? It's Notre Dame, isn't Notre it? Notre Dame. Notre Dame University. My sister Julie... What's the deal with that campus? <laughs> my sister Julie and I had wonderful third row seats, and I thought Mr. Brenner was so funny. In fact, I still remember a couple mm-hmm. of his snappy punchlines all these years later. Another, another thing... I almost like made that into a, diff- a word that doesn't exist. <laughs> Another thing I want to comment on, Ian, you were talking on the subject of David's parents, mm-hmm. fairly specifically about his dad. True. David, did your dad and or mum ever see any of your little, sorry, not little, any of your title cards for Sneaky Dragon episodes? There's no way they wouldn't be impressed by the cleverness of those. Did they see any of your artwork, your comics? Answer, no, they did not. And would they care about it? No, they would not. As proved by my life with my parents, they were not in any way impressed by my drawings. And it made them worry that I was going to starve to death if I continued on with those drawings. So, uh, yeah, they just never... Well, he did just draw food. I have to say, when I was in grade two, I wrote what I think, still think of, was a pretty funny story. I can't remember now, but I just remember thinking it was pretty funny at the time. And I still will stand by those thoughts. And my dad read it, and he laughed heartily and said I should write for the Jack Benny show. That is one piece of of uh, praise that I, uh, I remember my dad saying, and I don't. My dad wasn't one for praise. My dad liked um, some of my comics that I wrote, That's my autobiographical good. comics. Okay, and then I realized I gave him some that told him too much stuff. <laughs> TMI. And I did not hear too from much him Ian. on that. Too much details. Too much Ian. Stuff, TMI. Kind of stuff that a papa does not want to uh, <laughs> to read. Yeah, my parents were not interested in. He in was also a fan did. of. Uh, Chester Brown, like uh, some, of, oh, really? some of his autobiographical stuff. Yeah. And then again, I gave him uh, the one where it was Chester learning to masturbate. Mm. Uh, and uh, that did he not could go not, over well. Well, because of the masturbation technique was so odd. Yeah, I've always, what was it? I've always liked you or never liked, I've never liked Never liked you, you anyway. Original like, title? What was the original title of it? Uh, of, of, originally was in Yummy Fur, the original title of that story was Fuck. Okay. Which apparently they decided to change for the publication. Don't ask me why. Uh, they, yeah, my dad really liked that one, and then I also gave him the Playboy, and that one did not go. Well. <laughs> and by not over well, no comments, silence, no comments, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Book gets returned, put on someplace <laughs> that I will find it. Yeah, no comment. Yeah, um, I did. I did. You know, I've, obviously, I've shown shown my parents things over the years, but no, I never, never really. They didn't. Really, it didn't click with them. Okay, my sense of humor. So there's your answer. Well, if we do a Sneaky Dragon calendar this year, which I still would like to do, uh, we'll give we'll them give... one for free and we'll see if they hang it up. <laughs> yes. We'll see if it makes the fridge. <laughs> now, okay, to answer question one, I had a huge life-altering change in my life at age 32 when my former husband fell 25 feet suffering a traumatic brain injury. He was in the hospital seven months, including the month a month in a coma. This is the kind of thing one thinks will never happen to you or your family. Our kids were two and five, 
The first couple of months, he was in a hospital in Miami, three hours from our Florida Keys home. Then the worker, then the worker's comp sent him to a specialty hospital in Denver. I had been a stay-at-home mom, and suddenly I was traveling constantly, having to leave my kids with friends. The way this changed me at that age was to truly understand you never know what day your life could change. And, if it's good, appreciate what you have now. Those are good lessons to learn. Sorry, that was such a painful way to learn them, though. Question two, answer. Geez, there's a bunch of them, but for now, I'll just say Twitter. That's mm-hmm. a, a cultural thing that you can, can't get behind. All right, fair enough. I'll, well, say, that, I'll say that X. <laughs> I yeah. can't get behind it being called X, which I notice now, whenever they quote in, like, uh, like if you're reading like the gossip pages, which I do in the paper, right. they'll say, as quoted by X, and then they'll say in brackets, Formerly Twitter. It's just like, yeah. man, it's such a dumb thing. When to Walter change. Winchell's talking about it, he'll say that. Yes, he will. Listen, everybody, we're talking about X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> now back to all ships at sea. And uh, Hedda Hopper's done it again. <laughs> I'll just finish off Laurel's letter. She Please says, do. "Thanks for reading this, David. You all take care, Laurel. Thank you for writing, Laurel. I always appreciate when you send in one of your lovely emails." Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, sorry to disappoint you that my parents are disappointing. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll do up the calendar. We'll do the calendar. We'll them... You never know. It might be. It might make it onto the wall. I was saying to Dave that I'm uh, always happy when uh, I've got the New York Times uh, joke a day calendar mm, here, yeah. and it's a joke from me and Pia yep. uh, today. So uh, that always yeah, makes nice. me go, "Hey, it's nice." Yep. And also, it's a couple of bucks, which is also, "Hey, that's nice." <laughs> yep. So uh, hooray, hooray! It just shows how much they appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't take it personal. I just take it professional. And I go, <laughs> good, nice, nice stuff. You probably better not take it personal. We have a good editor over there. Emma Allen is a really good editor. That's good. We're uh, we're very lucky. She's no Robert Markov or Lee Markov. What was his name? Lee Markov. Is that his name? The last person? Yeah, well, wasn't even close to that. Nope. Lee, not Lee. Oh, anyway, that's because he's the old, really old guy then. All right, I'm going to look it up, and you know when I'm going to look it up? Yep. Uh, never? Does never work for you? <laughs> he he wrote that. I know that much. <laughs> Bob uh, Bob Mankoff? No, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, Bob yeah, Mankoff. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Halloween, you ever go bobbing for Mankoffs? <laughs> I have done it many times. Yeah, nice. Yes. Love a fresh Mankoff. In the uh, so we got to come up with a, a, a thing. Oh, question. So we were talking about uh, you know the Jimmy Fallon thing and the toxic mm, works mm. And work environments. Mm. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, gentle listeners. Uh, what was the best work environment that you've ever had? Like oh. a real non-toxic yeah, yeah. Uh, work work environment. Mm. Yeah, I also have I also have a, a weird one. If you yeah, yeah, go ahead. One. Sure. Yeah, I found out. Uh, uh, you know when uh, there are uh, triggers for people that uh, you know, and they give a trigger warning. Trigger warning. Have yeah. you? Yeah. You know, this might be a trigger for you. This kind of subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what the opposite of a trigger is called? I don't. It's called a glimmer. A glimmer. a glimmer is something that's uh, that uh, when when you uh, see it, you yeah. have a positive reaction. Okay. Okay. Uh, to it, yeah. uh, because based on something from your past, so yeah. you know, all of a sudden you smell something, and it's like, oh, that's a real oh. glimmer for me, and I'm okay. now thinking of my grandmother. And I don't like the word, but I, I do like the uh, do like the idea. Okay. It. Very good. Uh, what is a glimmer for you? Mm. What is something that uh, gives you a positive thing yeah. when you stumble across it or okay. it happens? Yeah. Let us know, everyone. All right. How can they do that, Ian? Well, you can go to X. <laughs> Form, uh, formerly Twitter. We're there. Formerly Twitter. Uh, we're at... Formerly Twitter. At Sneaky underscore Dragon. 
on there. Yep. Uh, we're also on Facebook, just plain Sneaky Dragon. We got a little page there. You can put a little thing there. We have a little fun there. Yeah. We got some old uh, pages times. there for like Tintin, totally Tintin for uh, full marks, completely Beatles. Those are still occasionally tended to. Uh, go there and see ads for uh, sexy shoes. Sometimes those show up on Is that there. right? Some Louboutins? Or some, some stuff. Okay. Uh, I have to sometimes go there and go, delete. Um, that's all Good. fine. Good. Uh, or you can, uh, you can email us at uh, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or this is what the cool... Oh, by the way, I didn't mention Tumblr. Uh, or Tumblr at uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. But... Here's what most people do. They go to SneakyDragon.com. Yep. That's where we got all our episodes, all our shows, past and present. The ones I just mentioned? Yes. How about new shows? You like new shows? Let me tell you something. We got Horse Mysteries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. You're still doing Horse Mysteries? Well, we actually had our final episode. Of the what season? Of the third season. Will there be a fourth season? There will be a fourth season. Clip Clop, stay on top. Uh, come keep checking us out. We'll get around to it after Lisa comes back from Australia. There you go. Also, uh, Refresh My Memory is a new show we got with... Uh, you like a, a Dedrick here? Well, we got a spare one. That's Jason <laughs> Dedrick. The Vice Dedrick. The Vice Dedrick. You yeah. like a Vicky Van? We yeah, can't travel in the same do. plane together. She's fantastic. And you like an Eric Fell? Why not? Uh, three <laughs> of them are talking about memories of theirs of movies. Mm. The most recent one uh, was Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then we make a beverage from Raiders and we drink it uh, on a Sunday afternoon and go, hey, <laughs> and then uh, we make a, up a drink. Uh, and by we, I mean they. I just sit around and go, yeah, it's recording. Um, <laughs> uh, based on uh, what they feel about the movie. So it's uh, memories and drinks and that kind of stuff. And on the most recent episode, there is a delightful Harrison Ford story that uh, you will not hear anywhere else. So please give that a listen if you can. Uh, but yeah, go to Sneaky Dragon and you can post uh, answers to our questions of the week uh, underneath uh, any of the episodes. And you can post past episode questions you can do whatever you want be loose have fun relax it's all fine we're cool we're easy it's uh, we're canadian you know what are we gonna do yeah. you're not gonna get sued you can't sue it you can't sue people in canada <laughs> yeah. that's the rule we're not that litigious although i did see a, uh there was a case that someone w- went into someone's yard their next door neighbor's yard and cut down their hedge trees oh and they got they, the people whose trees were cut down got a hefty a hefty uh Settlement. I think it was like fifty thousand dollars. That sounds like a very that's Cana- Canadian, Canadian litigious, crime. yeah. Canadian uh, suing. Yeah, yeah. And your lawyer is a beaver. <laughs> the uh, the the person the, the person being sued was a beaver. Oh damn. Yeah. So we're gonna end on that. <laughs> Did you forget all the disturbing stuff at the beginning of the show? Did you? It was there. It happened. It happened. Oh, uh, we're sorry. We're about proud that. of it. We're proud of it. I'm sorry. I'm. I Canadian. stand by it every minute. Dave's of it. half American, so he's yeah, not. Uh, I'm not backing down on this. All right. Very good. Don't back down. These colors don't run. And for me, I'm just Canadian. So sorry. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Sneaky Dragon episode. Uh, bye. I think it's episode 416. Oh, try that dressing.